remarkable idea. An idea that has intrigued and attracted and literally thrilled thousands upon thousands of men, women, and children. And you, my friends, are about to witness this idea become a reality. For this is the story of the miracle sea in the desert. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I am a mere figment of your imagination. First time listeners out there, thanks for finding us. We hope you stick around. Do keep in mind, no matter what it is, you do choose to believe. We do admire you for your curiosity. Now, on the first half of the program, we will be going back through time. What really went on with Nazi Germany? Were the Nazis in possession of advanced technology? We know through Operation Paperclip, the best minds were sent to America, which did indeed help us get to the moon. Lynn Kasten is our first guest to see me. He is a UFO researcher and freelance writer. His latest book is called Dark Fleet, the Secret Nazi Space Program and the Battle for the Solar System. And of course, after the break, it's just me, Mike, and you out there. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing us into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again. On a night like this, glad to be back, glad the wait is over. I'm hoping you're doing well out there, wherever you are. And now I believe everyone is ready to go. Let's bring in my co-host, the man of the hour, who has drawn assignment yet again. Mike Hideous, what's going on? Hey there, Mr. Deacon. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear. Well, I just want to tell you, it's... uh. Excellent to be with you once again on this fabulous show on a night like this. Right, and right. I must ask you real quick, was that a new intro? I believe it was. That was awesome. I loved it. Loved me too. It. Me too. And I believe our guest is waiting. Let's bring him in. My key is patiently waiting. Yes, sir. Mr. Ken, La- Mr. Ken, Mr. Lynn Caston. I'm sorry about that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure I was call- why I was calling you Ken there for a moment there, Lynn. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no problem. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Very nice. I'm glad. Yes, sir. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for spending some time with us this evening. Now, where are you calling from, Michael? I'm actually calling from uh, California, way down south, my friend. How far down? Well, I live in a place called El Centro, California. It's about an hour away from San Diego. It's close to the border out here, actually. Well, we're practically neighbors then. I'm across the border into uh, Arizona. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's yes. right. You're out here in Arizona. That's right. Yeah, you're not too far from me. Beautiful state. Very nice. Yeah. Yes. Nonetheless, um, how are you doing out there? Is is the family okay? Are you handling the lockdown uh, so far? Yes, I am. I am handling it quite well. Uh, my wife passed away about uh, two years ago. Oh, so, sorry to hear that. Uh, but, my, but my son lives here, and I have a couple of grandkids here, too. So I'm fine. Not a problem. 
Good for you. Good for you. Sorry about your wife, and it's always I good do, to have. I do miss her. Yes. Yes, of we're course sorry. you do. Of course you do, and and my deepest sympathies for you. But at least you got the little ki- the little kids running around. That's right. Uh, and that's that, right. That's, I'm sh- I'm sure you're uh, very happy to have that joy in your life. Yes, and they're all cooped up in my son's house together now, just like the old days. Nice. <laughs> his son is back from college. He can't he can't live in the dorm, and his daughter's there, and his wife is sick, so she's there. So he's got a full house over there. I have my own place, so um, I'm not part of that. Uh, very good, very good. I'm glad everything is uh, going okay out there for you. Yes, it is. It's fine. Oh, yes. And the the listeners out there send their sympathy as well for the loss of the wife. Hate to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. No problem. And of course, your latest book, I have it right here, Dark Fleet. You know, lots of subjects you touch upon in this book. Lots of people aren't even aware that this went down, Lynn. I understand. I understand that. Uh, Did I give you my website uh, address yet? I believe you did. Have you gone to the, to the website yet? Yes, sir. Okay, the first, there are seven videos out there. Uh, the main, what I call the special featured video, is the one you should watch because it validates everything I have in my book. And uh, it's, a, it's another voice from Michael, Michael uh, uh, from uh, Tompkins, Bill Tompkins. Have you, do you know who Bill Tompkins is or was? Yes. Okay, he passed away not too long ago. Yeah, lots of people are uh, dropping out. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. It's too bad. But his second volume of his book did come out uh, after he died. And I haven't got a copy of it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. But everything that he says validates everything in my book. So uh, he at least was in tune with everything I've said. He was in a position to know. Understood. And um, Mr. Kasten, you're a former member, rather, of MUFON. Yeah. Why a former member, by the way? I'm just curious. I'm sorry? Why a former member? Why why aren't well, you a I member now? Of, I, I got tired of talking about lights in the sky. Uh, we went way beyond that. And they were still hung up in uh, a phenomenon that uh, they couldn't explain. I, <laughs> I just couldn't hang out there anymore. Understood. I'm sure it must have been quite frustrating for you as well. Yeah, well, I think uh, MUFON has a particular, uh, particular attitude and... Um, it's kind of limited, I think, but they do a lot of good work. They do a, they do do a lot of good work. Definitely, and you have uh, written a number of uh, books on ufology. What was it about ufology that intrigued you enough to begin writing in this to, to begin with, Adlin? Well, we have to go back to my days in the Air Force because I had an experience there that I think uh, changed my life, and I didn't realize it at the time, but it became evident to me about two or three years later, and. Uh, up until that point, I didn't even know what a UFO was. So uh, evidently, it got buried in my subconscious. And then uh, when I was working in Washington, uh, about two or three years later, I felt drawn to join an organization called NICAP. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of NICAP. No, I don't believe I have. That was, Either well, NICAP I. was really the, the first. NICAP was the first version of MUFON, but much more beyond. They went much more beyond uh, MUFON. It stands for National Investigative Committee uh, for Aerial Phenomenon, and they had some very, very prestigious people in the organization, including Admiral Hillenketter, who was the ex-head of the CIA, you may know, and he became the head of NICAP uh, after he left the military. So we had some very distinguished people in NICAP, and uh, somebody named Larry Bryant was one of them. And I learned a lot from all of them, and all of a sudden it all took shape for me, 
I was working for IBM at that point in Washington, and uh, I started participating in in some of the events that NICAP was putting on, including protests at the at the uh, Capitol, things like that. So I was really into it at that point. Understood. And how long did that carry on for? Well, I, what, st- I stayed what? with NICAP. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I, I, stayed, I stayed with NICAP for a while, yeah. Go okay, ahead, for okay, go ahead, Mike. It's okay. I just wanted to ask you, what year was that? Right. That was in the 60s. That was way back in the 60s. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. About the time I, got out of, the time I got out of the Air Force. That was right after I got out of the Air Force because uh, the incident I'm talking about happened just a Two weeks before I was released from the Air Force, when I had my experience, and it carried over into my civilian life. Understood. Uh, can you tell us about your experience, Lynn? And, and, and before you before you tell us that, can you also can you tell us were you involved at the time when the experience happened and you were serving? Were you serving time as uh, in combat? Because I know the Vietnam War was going on back then. Were you involved no, was, in combat no, military? No, I was not. No, I was not. Okay. I was in a weather detachment in Florida. So okay, just curious. Just curious. Yeah. No, I was in a weather. I had been in pilot training and uh, for uh, about a year, and then I, then I washed out of pilot training and I reverted back to a enlisted status and just finished out a two year enlistment after that at the weather in a weather detachment at at uh, Eglin Air Force Base in Florida, and it was in, at that base that I had that experience. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me let me be the first to say, uh, 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 aside from all what the, the topics that we're talking about tonight, thank you for your service in the military for this country. Okay, my pleasure. Absolutely, I enjoyed it. I actually, I actually enjoyed it. Right on. Yeah, tell us yeah. more about this experience, by the way, Len. Well, we were sleeping two in a room. You know, I was in a barracks uh, in a weather detachment at Eglin Air Force Base, and uh, uh, on, on uh, some strange reason, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning which I never do, and ran to the window. And I don't know what made me do that. But no sooner did I do that than this thing went right by, foam said I level, glowing green and gold, phosphorescent, and moving very, very fast. And I couldn't believe it. And I put my nose up against the window, and I watched it until it disappeared out over the Gulf of Mexico and uh, scratched my head and went back to sleep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's all I can tell you. The next morning, however, the uh, tower operators came in, the midnight shift, and started chattering about UFOs. I said, I said, what's a UFO? They said, well, we had four of them on the, on the radar last night hovering over the end of the runway. I said, no kidding. I said, I saw something, I saw something coming from the end of the runway. No kidding. Said, really? I, I said, yeah. I said, I, and he explained, I, I described what I saw. He said, well, you better go report it to the UFO office. I said, the UFO office. I didn't even know what it was. (laughs) I had no idea. I had no idea what it was. I said, but I found out where it was, and I went over there, and uh, there was a captain sitting there with a five-page questionnaire. Uh, This was part of Operation Blue Book. I didn't realize it at the time, but now I do in retrospect. I was part of Operation Blue Book, uh, where they had uh, officers at every Air Force base uh, taking, taking reports of UFOs. And uh, he asked me a lot of questions, and I told him what I'd seen. And uh, he said, by figuring out when I first saw it and when it disappeared, he calculated that uh, he said it was going about three or 4,000 miles an hour. Whoa. I said, I said, I said, what? He said, yeah, that checks. 
I said, that checks with what? <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't even, I didn't even that, know they had, uh, they had spin- um, uh, uh, those radar guns to check 4,000 miles an hour. <laughs> I know. I, I, don't need, I don't know what they had to check it, but at Eggman, Eggman was a very important base because a lot of experimental stuff going on there uh, at Eggman Air Force Base in northern Florida. Well, I said, okay, uh, and I did my duty. I reported it, and it's in the, it's in the uh, obviously in the archive somewhere, my, my report, and went back, and uh, two weeks later, I was released from the Air Force. Really? Uh, but not, not before I got very, very sick. Very next day, after, that, after I made my report, I got very sick. It seemed to be a super flu of some sort because I couldn't hardly move, and uh, mm. that was very unusual for me because I was in very good shape. And never got sick. Was it the uh, coronavirus, Adlin? <laughs> it sounds like it. I don't. Right. But I had to go to the base hospital for three days. Oh, my. And I remember that all I wanted when I got there was grapefruit juice. I said, mm. just bring me grapefruit. <laughs> just bring me grapefruit juice. I, I, anyway, I, no, I, was you. Three, I was there for three days. I was there for three days. And, and then, you know, much later I found out that when people are taken on board a craft, they do get sick. It happens a lot, and sometimes they do get flu-like symptoms. But evidently, what happened that night was this. To recapitulate what happened, evidently, I had been taken on board the craft, and they dumped me back into my bed at 3, three o'clock in the morning. By the way, my roommate never even stirred. He, he, went, he, he was asleep through the whole thing. And uh, they had dumped me back into my bed, and that's what woke me up, and that, that's what made me run to the window. So that's what happened. Putting it all together now, so I think I was—I think I was taken on board the craft, and that's why I got sick the next day because that does happen a lot. People do get sick after being uh, being abducted. I wouldn't even call it an abduction. I, I would call it uh, for some reason they just wanted to tell me something, and I don't know what it was. It was got buried into my subconscious. But that's what started. That's what started the whole thing. Interesting. So you had this um, strange experience, and. Do you suppose this was some sort of extraterrestrial, or do you think it was maybe someone in uniform, Lynn? It could have been either, actually. It could have been a MyLabs abduction. I don't think they had crafts that would travel like that that fast at that point in time. So I think it more than likely was extraterrestrial. It didn't have to be extraterrestrial. It could have been intraterrestrial, which we can talk about later. Sure. Man- uh, meaning, meaning man-made? Meaning aliens living here on our planet who have that technology. Understood. That's, that's a whole other ballgame. We should get into that, though. We will get into that. Yeah, we'll jump into I'm that. Talking, talking about the reptilians. But I don't think it was a reptilian abduction. I'm, I'm quite sure it was, uh, it was a military, some sort of military abduction um, working with the aliens. You know, we had a lot of military people working with the aliens at that time. Uh, Lynn, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask you the question here. With lots of individuals out there who will listen to this, I'm sure many of them right now are, are wondering what on earth are, are you talking about with these reptilians? Can you explain, Lynn, for the newer listeners out there, who these reptilians are? You mean there are still people out there that don't know that? Of course, I'm Lynn. Fine. <laughs> really? I'm sure. Well, you know, I think, I think it comes down to people who have. Such as myself, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I've heard about this whole reptilian thing, but I don't quite understand it. I don't know its origins or how it came about or how long it's been uh, being uh, claimed by others. So, yes, please, please explain. 
Okay, but before I explain, I would recommend that you go out to my website and watch the video uh, that's named um, Special Featured Video. And what, okay. is, what is your website, uh, Len? It's alien-secret history. All one word, secret history. Alien-secret history. Dot com? Seven, what's that? Yes, dot com. Okay. I have seven, uh, seven featured videos there. Uh, this is the first, this is the, what I call the special featured videos, the first one. And if you watch that, I think you'll get at least a taste of what, what the reptilians are all about. Uh, because, uh, I don't know whether you know about Bill Tompkins, do you? Have you heard of Bill Tompkins? I, I haven't personally, but when you're done explaining about that, I want to bring something up about, I want to ask you a question, bring something up about the whole reptilian thing. But go right ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, he covers exactly the same territory that I did in my book. So it's a good second, it's a good thing to, to watch that video. If you have any questions about the reptilians, uh, you do know about David Icke. Don't you in England? Have you heard of David Icke? Yes, I'm well yeah. aware of David Icke, but Mike here, uh, he he doesn't quite understand or know who David Icke is. But yes, back to the question, though, how, how would you explain the reptilians for a newer listener out there? Well, they're they're an alien race living here underground on this planet. And they are uh, they look reptoid, they have scaly skin. They're very tall and powerful looking and uh, extremely extremely uh, mentally powerful and they've been here for a very long time and uh, they more or less uh, can leave through portals fly off into space anytime they want they have very sophisticated uh, very sophisticated uh, technology and uh, well you know it, it's, it's going to take a lot of explanation to talk about how how they relate to us because that's a long story well that's true It'll, it'll take a long yeah. time to fully explain. I just I thought you would uh, give us a brief uh, rundown there. But, yes, it's a complex ordeal, to say the very least. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's but a very complex thing here. The bottom line is that they do control They do control us. Even though they're down there and we're up here, they do control the surface world because they have incredible technology. Uh, one of the speakers recently said that their technology is probably – it could be as much as a thousand years ahead of ours. That's how much how much advanced they are. So they really run the show here. And I I tried to make that point. He did, I think, in a few of his lectures. But it's a hard thing for anyone to understand. And uh, in order to get to get to the bottom of that, you should read the book I wrote before this one, my previous book called Alien World Order, because I explained it all in that book. Oh yes. And of course, your last book, Dark Fleet, you mentioned the Nazis did not really lose World War II. Can you tell the listeners what you mean by that? Okay, I will. But also, please, please go out to my website and watch that video I just talked about, because Bill Tompkins explains all of that. What happened, what happened basically was that Hitler lost the war. The Germans did not lose the war. The German scientists and the businessmen uh, survived and moved to Argentina and to Antarctica. They tried to kill Hitler, but they didn't succeed because they knew that he was uh, he was a problem and he was a madman and he was a madman. And they wanted nothing to do with him, really. At, at the end, they just wanted to get rid of him because he was losing anyway. And uh, they were more interested in moving their operations to, to uh, Argentina and to Antarctica. And that's what they did because uh, the first movement of the Nazis to Antarctica was in 1938. Uh, which was a year before World War II started. So already 
they were moving to, to Antarctica at that point, and that was because of a deal they had made with the reptilians, who were already at Antarctica. It's a long story. I don't know if I can explain it all to you right in this one conversation, but uh, if you read that one, go out and watch that one, that one video, it'll help a lot. Understood, and we know through Operation Paperclip, America took great interest in the German scientists uh, out there, and we needed them, and we couldn't afford to let them go elsewhere, so we brought them here to America, and the rest is history. That's right. Exactly. You've got, you've got it right. You've got it right. It wasn't no, so it, much that we needed. It wasn't so much that we needed them. They needed us, basically. They took over. They took over our country. And basically, that's when I said we didn't win World War II. That's that's what I was talking about. Uh, understood. Had, okay, we we may have, we may have bombed the hell out of Berlin, yes, and we may have had the we may have had the taste of victory, and we were victorious, and our our fighting men were really incredible. But the scientists and the businessmen then took over and moved to Antarctica and to Argentina. And they stayed in, and they stayed in uh, power there. Basically, then took over our complete aerospace industry. Uh, when Werner von Braun sat down at the desk of the Marshall Space Flight Center, that was the final straw. At that point, they were running the show in America. Understood. I'll, well, I'll get into that with you in a moment. Mike, go ahead and ask your question. Okay. Without going into a, a long, drawn-out question or, or an answer, I just wanted to bring up two things. Now, with all due respect, Len, uh, my my job on this show is to ask hard questions and questions that uh, for people that are skeptical. All right, so please don't take offense to anything I say or or uh, no 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 sure questions I ask. Sure. It's strictly for the show. Now I I, I never heard of uh, these reptilian people until the internet and. Uh, I began to see these images portrayed by people who were posting videos of of others, uh, be that where whether they were political figures or whatever. And the simple process of blinking their eyes and allegedly showing a uh, a vertical iris or pupil of the eye as opposed to a round pupil or iris within a human eyeball. So that was the first time I saw these. Now, I got to be honest. I see this, and the first thing that comes to my mind is this video has been doctored. I've seen it a hundred, maybe thousands of times on the internet, and it, it, it leads me to believe that there is a scam afoot. So my question to you is what made you – I mean you, are you – do you consider yourself to be a logical man? Absolutely. Extremely logical. Okay. So having said, and and you know you've you've served you've served in the military, you, you, you've written books. You sound like a decent, intelligent man with logic. Now the question I have for you I, is this: I have, an, I have an Ivy League degree. See, there you go. So you you got a brain okay. in your head, and I respect so I, that. What was that? Okay. Yes. I'm okay. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, j just just my my question is this: what what led you to firmly believe? That there is a society, if you will, underground of what we would consider to be lizard slash humanoid type people. What what brought that on, and how are they associated with these so-called UFOs? Hey, Mike. You know, I um, I am a very logical person. I pride myself on that. But I have to tell you that I have one weakness, and some may consider it a weakness, and some others may consider it a a, um, a problem. I go wherever the truth leads me, and it, it doesn't matter where it takes me. That's where I go because it 
when, when it becomes obvious to me that that is the truth, I have no choice but to go there. And that's exactly what happened in this case. You know, I, I remember talk, reading about David Icke and all the things he said, and for a while I thought he was crazy. And uh, then I started to realize that he was also, he is also a very logical guy and very level-headed, uh, ex-athlete, and he had no, no background in any of this. But he also went wherever the facts led, led him, and I had to do the same thing. Uh, that incident I had in the Air Force may have had something to do with it. It probably did. It may have opened me up to this. I don't know. But clearly, I began to see that we were not, we were not in control of this planet. The human race is not in control. We are being let, we are being used. They had, <laughs> the reptilians run the show here. That, that's what has become very obvious to me because they're very powerful mentally and very strong. And they have conquered 21 different star systems in this galaxy. And how do you know this? How do you, how do you, how do you know this? Because I dug it all up later. <laughs> after I first, after I got drawn there, I, I, I dug it all up. And then it became clear to me that what happened when World War II was they had made a deal with the Nazis. They went, they went, they made a deal with Hitler. And that's why Hitler moved to Antarctica in 1938, a year before World War II. What reason would he have to move all, everything he had, uh, all kinds of scientists, all kinds of technicians, all kinds of equipment to to a base underneath the ice, under two miles of ice, six thousand miles away. I don't know the a beautiful before, weather. A year, a year. <laughs> well, <laughs> it got pretty cold in Germany, so I don't think that made any difference. Uh, so, so, so what what are they doing there under the ice with all this technology and all this equipment? And what happened was they were taken there by their friends, the reptilians already had a very large base there so that was, that's what happened here uh, and uh, from so, that so, point so in, they, a, in a nutshell your, your information comes from those who have written about it in the in the past I put all the pieces together what I what I try to do is I just connect the dots I do a lot okay. of research and then I just just connect the dots and this is my fourth book and my last book is what led up to this book because after I wrote my last book, which, which was limited to events that occurred just on this planet, and I had no idea of what might have been happening on other planets. Right. But then, I realized, then, then I realized that we had, I had to take my story to the moon and Mars, or I couldn't finish it. That's why I had to write Dark Fleet, because the story was not over yet. And when, then I came to understand, uh, mainly from the super soldier, uh, the super soldier testimony, that they have... The Nazis have incredible bases on the moon and Mars and have had for years. And that's why Werner von Braun took over here. Yeah. By the way, now that we're talking about Werner von Braun, from my understanding, uh, Werner von Braun was given the prestigious title of the father of rocketry. However, my point of contention would be even uh, Werner von Braun himself had allegedly stated that it was the self-taught Jack Parsons who was the true father of the American space program for his contribution to the uh, development of solid rocket fuel. I mean, the guy has a statue of himself at JPL and also a, a, a crater on the uh, dark side of the moon named in his honor, if I recall. Yeah, Jack, Jack Parsons was very important, but also we had somebody named Goddard who developed rocketry here in the early days before Von Braun. Uh, he was... 
we had a lot of we had a lot of engineers and scientists here that were getting there. But Jack Parsons did. Um, he was a very strange guy. By very the way. strange. Yeah, he was a he was very weird guy. He was an avid practitioner of occultism and uh, conducted. Yes, he was. Yeah, he conducted oh, several. I yeah, I Mike, had no idea. He oh. conducted several rituals with L. Ron Hubbard, the father oh, of kidding. Scientology. Yes, yes, and they they made a video. They made a video movie out of his whole life. I don't know if you've seen it. You have to be able to stream uh, on TV to, to watch the movie. But it's the name of the movie was. Uh, it's all about his life. Yeah, Parsons was a strange, strange, strange guy. Yeah, he was. He was a bit of a weirdo, no doubt. One of those. <laughs> he, one was of the... into, he was into Satanism. He was into Satanism and right. practiced Satanism. Definitely. And uh, Hubbard also, yeah. That's yeah, pretty well, crazy. Well, are we talking Satanism or just a cult? There is a big difference between the two. He was a Satanist. Satanist. Parsons was a Satanist. But but he was brilliant also. And uh, he and his wife got involved in satanic rituals in California while he was working on jet fuel, on, on developing jet fuel. About an hour away from where I am, by the way, in Palm Springs, California. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, close he by. Out, he was out there in the desert. That's you know, right. Where, where exactly was he? Where exactly was he? I don't know. Palm, yeah, he was in Palm Springs, California, but I'm not quite sure if uh, one of the rituals he conducted with L. Ron Hubbard was... Uh, out here in Palm Springs, I could be wrong, but one of those rituals that both men conducted uh, together, uh, by the way, was called the Babylon Working. That's right, oh. Babylon Working. What, exactly. Michael, what was his name? Now, know, real Parsons, quick, I want to look Parsons, it up later. Parsons never actually registered at Caltech, but he hung out there and he, he made a lot of contacts there, and that's that's where the military became interested in what he was doing uh, because he was well well ahead of anybody else. Isn't isn't he, he the guy really, who blew up like? A dorm trying to f- discover jet fuel. You know, I heard no. about the dorm thing. It, it might have been the case. I don't know. He he uh, he took a lot of risks, a lot of chances with what he was doing. Uh, I I but had was, seen the. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. But he was the one that first flew that jet assisted uh, plane in, in the desert. Well, was, the the reason I I bring that up is only because I had seen a. a, a I had seen a special once, I think, on History Channel or something about the uh, creation of jets and rockets. And I believe what I heard, it could have been this guy, what was his name, Parsons? Jack Parsons, Parsons, right. Jack Parsons. From what I understand, and I could be wrong about this, but uh, I was under the impression that when they were in college, they were trying to discover uh, jet fuel. And from what I understand, the they blew up their dorm and that's when the the school had put them at a uh, in a laboratory out in the desert, so they d- wouldn't blow up the school. I I could be wrong yeah, on I that think, fact. Yes, I, I I think that's what happened. Yes, I, I they did they did put them out into the desert, and that's where they were that's where they were working. Yeah, ironically, he died of an explosion. Did he really? Yep, thirty seven years old, if I recall. Oh my! Yeah, that's wow, right. he died, he wow. Died very young. That's right. Jeez. Now, what year do you think? What year did he die? Do you know? It must have been. Uh, ni- I want to say 1951, but let me look it up. Up oh, 1952. Yeah, but but you, he can't get credit for developing uh, jet uh, jet engines because uh, Bernard von Braun was way ahead. Yeah, von Braun was doing this in, in, in World War Two. Yeah, I was going to say we had jets in World War II, so it doesn't quite add up. Maybe he was involved in some other sort of uh, discovery w- with them. I-, I don't know. Yes, we digress. Von well, Braun and Dornberger were way ahead of the crowd in, in Germany, and uh, he was building B-1 rockets. Let's see, the B-1 rockets were being built in 1941, um, uh, correct? 
41 or 42? I believe yeah, so. The V2 was, or, yeah, the V2 was, was 1943, I believe. By the way, we're at that point that, that we're talking about this strange element of the occult that is always uh, and always has been involved for whatever reason. And I brought up Scientology with L. Ron Hubbard. What exactly is your opinion on Scientology, Scientology by the way, Lynn? Well, you know, I, I don't really know have, have enough information about Hubbard. I know he was he was in the Navy, as I recall, and he was involved in a lot of these occult practices. And that's where Scientology comes from. Right. It, uh, uh, and but uh, I don't know what his connection was with with uh, with Parsons. So I really don't really understand that. Was he the one that got Parsons interested in, in Satanists? He probably, he I'm not exactly sure the extent of their relationship to be completely honest, but I do know those two were uh, colleagues of some kind. And by the way, Mike, uh, you're familiar with Scientology, right? I am. And I got to say, what I do you got to never... say about Scientology? I mean, all we know about, uh, to be honest with you, most of us out there, we, we've only heard uh, Scientology very briefly. We've heard very uh, various celebrities rather who had uh, quote unquote escaped from uh, Scientology, uh, Mike, what's your right. take? Uh, in a nutshell, I, I'm not a fan. Um, uh, this information about L. Ron Hubbard being involved in Satanism and or the occult, that's a shock to me. That's what they say, uh, right? Never heard about that, number one. Number two, uh, from the kooky stories I've heard about Scientology, I've just – I, I kind of find it to be a bit of a farce only because of the fact, from what I understand, the original uh, scripts that were written about it were based on science fiction. So I don't have very many good aspects on it. Understood. Understood. I, I was just curious what both of you uh, thought of such thing and uh, back on track here. Um, before, we leave, before we leave that subject, go ahead. I would just say that, that Scientology evolved out of a subject called Dianetics. Dianetics. Right. Dianetics, right, right. Dianetics was really what Hubbard uh, evolved, and uh, he, I, I remember Hubbard the I on, remember the advertisement for that book on television. Oh, really? Way back then? Oh, yeah, that was back that was, in. It had to be like either the late seventies or early eighties. Right, right, exactly. And they were then believing in reincarnation. Uh, that was around the time that that book came out, The Search for Bridie Murphy which was really the very first book on reincarnation. Mm. And uh, there was a connection there. I'm not sure. H Hubbard was, was, into, was into very deep subjects, and uh, he was a brilliant guy. Uh, but he was, he, he was heading in the wrong direction <laughs> in terms of uh, mor morally speaking, let's put it that way. And yes, like I said, since we are kind of at that occult element right now, um, what we're talking about in terms of the Nazis, they also were involved with the occult, apparently. Hitler, very much into the occult as well. And that, that brings me to the question, what exactly were the Nazis doing in Antarct and, and, Jesus Christ, Antarctica? <laughs> <laughs> what exactly okay. were they All doing right, so, there, though? Okay, That's what so I'm curious about. Let's start out with the fact that the reptilians have been living underground for a long time. Uh, perhaps, a couple of thousand years on this planet and more or less coming and going as they please in their spaceships. Uh, the reptilians basically control this planet. I know this, this is a hard thing to believe, but they do. Okay. They do. And they made a deal with Hitler in 1933. They, uh, Hitler, Hitler was, it was dabbling also in the occult <clears throat> and Satanism. Through his friend, um, 
uh, he was connected with a guy named, uh, can't think of his name right now. Anyway, right. They, he invited them to these rituals, to these black magic rituals. And, uh, his friend, his friend Eckhart, Dietrich Eckhart, was seeking the anti, seeking the Antichrist, and they would go through these rituals, these black magic rituals, trying to contact the Antichrist. And then Hitler, they invited Hitler into this when he started to become prominent uh, in Berlin politics, in uh, Nazi politics, and uh, it changed Hitler, so, so they say. And Eckhart, Eckhart claimed before he died that he created Hitler by inviting him into these black magic seances. Now, yeah, there's a lot of information uh, for those that are curious about occultism and how uh, the Nazis were very much into this. Himmler as well. Himmler, big time. Yeah. Himmler was into it big it's time. Talk more very interesting. Yeah, this is a very interesting topic, <laughs> by the way, uh, for those listening along. All of this is pretty much well known uh, by this point. Yes, I think it is. I thought it was, too. I mean, I made a. I discussed it at length in my previous book, Alien World Order, but uh, my book wasn't exactly a bestseller. So I, don't know, I don't know how many people. That's I don't okay. know how many people really. I got to be honest. I haven't. I haven't read that book myself, but I want to. I, I do like your book, Dark Fleet, though, and I have read a lot of it. And you know, going back in, into time uh, with you and all the listeners out there, so much was going on. Uh, during that time in Germany and in America, uh, during World War II, it's always fascinating. And you, ufology or ufology rather and occultism, all these things sort of uh, blend together when you look uh, back in time. That's right. They do. They do indeed. Yeah. And then of course, but, my, uh, my limited understanding of the CIA has always been, uh, negative, uh, as you know, Lynn. And it seems like the CIA seem to be involved in countless nefarious operations. And, of course, we never get many real answers. But for what may or may not have happened, all we get are these old CIA documents that we find online uh, so many years later. Exactly. Terrible. Exactly. Now, and if you read, how far did you get in Dark Fleet? Uh, well, I skipped around. I mean, I read up to about, I would have to say, up to about page 141. And that would bring me close to the photographs that you you um, have here, like the base 211 in Antarctica. That's a great picture, by the way. I wish I had some images to show the listeners out there who are listening live on a YouTube right now. Some of the images you have are uh, pretty in pretty insane. I mean, you also have these this uh, solar warden spaceship in here as well. This rendering. Right. Exactly. And uh, that's why I would like you to watch that video on my website when you get a chance. Yeah, no but problem. The, 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 point, the point is that, that um, evidently what happened was the Nazi party, uh, that basically led by Himmler, uh, was open to the advances of the reptilians when they made a deal with Hitler. Hitler was wide open to their, to their influence because he, is already, he was already dabbling in the occult with Eckhart. And the reptilians also live in the fourth dimension, which we call the astral realm. And from that realm, they were able to uh, impress a lot of people who were dabbling in black magic, which Eckhart was. And Eckhart invited Hitler to these seances, mm. and that's what that's what got Hitler involved with the with the black magic people. And what they thought was black magic was really reptilian, because the reptilians controlled the fourth dimension. Understood. People don't understand that. Right. And okay. they, yes. they, they think they're contacting demons. They're really talking to extraterrestrials. Okay. 
but they don't understand that. Oh, you mean those people That's who channel, the, by the way? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. So they're, they're looking for, they think they're talking to demons. They're talking to reptilians. That's who they're talking to. And the reptilians decided that, that since Hitler now was, was he more or less was into the black magic aspects, that they made a deal with him because they, they were going to help him and the Nazi party take over Germany. And in return, Hitler was going to do what they wanted him to do, which was World War II. So, so the reptilians, you're saying the reptilians are against humanity or just against the allies of America that were fighting Germany? I'm a little confused here. Against humanity. It's not that they're against humanity. They, they're contemptuous of us. They think we're stupid. And compared to them, we are. I mean, they, they control us completely. And, I, and so, you know, you take, so, so you when they hooked up with, with – when they hooked sorry, up with Adolf, Adolf Hitler – and from what I've read in history, Adolf Hitler was, uh, you know, he had his issues with uh, uh, the politics of Germany and the Jews and so on and so forth and wanting to create a better Germany. So where do the reptilians come into play? Why would they step up and say, hey, uh, we heard you want to kill six million Jews. Let's give you a hand. What they what they did what, what they did was they laid it all out for Hitler. Hitler himself did not have the intelligence to do what he did. He basically was a man of mediocre intellect and mediocre talent. He was basically a madman. He was crazy, and he got crazier when he got involved in these black magic seances. And that's when the reptilians took him over, and 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 they greased the skids for him to take over Germany. They made it possible. Hitler had to make a lot of high level contacts among the intelligentsia in Germany, the scientists, the smart people, he himself could not do that. They did it for him. He did not have the intelligence to do that. It's they also, opened the doors for him. That's right. They opened the doors for him in the financial world, in the, uh, in the uh, intellectual world, and they made all those contacts for him. And they're the ones that told him to go to Antarctica. Understood. Now, why would, yeah, why, why would the Germans in 1938 outfit a, a, a large ship with top scientists, two seaplanes, and sail 6,000 miles all, across the Atlantic to investigate Antarctica a year before they invaded Poland. What on earth would, would have motivated them to do that? Think yeah, about what, that. What's odd is that even in modern time, just a few years ago, we had several world leaders going out there as well. And I don't recall ever finding yeah. out why exactly they were out there. What year was that, Michael? I'm, I'm forgetting what year it was, but we had all the usual suspects that went out there. Uh, was it the last that was, a, that, was after, years? that was after World That was after World War. No, he's talking about after the war. No, no. I'm, oh, I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm talking much more recent. We've had uh, several people go, yeah. going out there. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin went there. John Kerry went there. A lot of a lot of uh, high level people went there. Nobody knows why. Yeah, I, I don't know why. As we get into it further, you'll see. I think you'll see why. Yes, and by the way, going back to your book really quickly here, there's an image of uh, Warner von Braun with President John F. Kennedy. I've never seen this photo for some reason. Hmm. Now, now the question then becomes: Now, yes, yes, Warner von Braun was a brilliant scientist. He was he was really one of the best people in terms of rocketry uh, on the planet. However, he was a Nazi. He was a Nazi colonel. Uh, he used slave labor to create the V two and. A lot of a lot of slaves died under him. Uh, a lot of people in London died because of his technology. So he was not a good guy. Let's face it. He may have been a brilliant scientist, but he was 
not a great guy. Uh, he didn't Nazis care about right. who he who Yeah, exactly. I don't think that? most Nazis, Mike was just saying, I don't think most Nazis were good people. And I, I would have to probably agree. Maybe they uh, were not very good. <laughs> right. Well, they followed, they followed Hitler, unfortunately. And Hitler was, was not only was he uh, evil, but he was also a madman. And he was an incredible, incredible egotist. Well, a lot of them were, a lot of them, Lynn, yeah. were, were very high on meth as well. That, no, well, in his case, it wasn't, was it meth? It was something else. It was a, a different drug. I can't think of the no, name actually, of it. No, actually, no, actually, Hitler was get, getting both, um, from what I understand, if I remember correctly, his doctor was giving him methamphetamine, uh, to keep him energetic. And I also believe he was taking, uh, opiates for back problems. Most likely. Yeah, most yeah. likely. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And uh, he, when he took over the Nazi party and started the war, he had all the entire arm, the entire army on a drug called Pervitin to keep them uh, always on, always alert and ready for action. Yeah. Uh, they distributed millions and millions of doses of Pervitin to the entire Wehrmacht and uh, and to the uh, Air Force. A lot of the housewives were on that, by the way, Len. Yeah, it's primarily the same thing as methamphetamine. Basically, correct, synthetic right? form, correct. Exactly, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Well, the point is, the point I'm trying to make here is that here he is a year before World War II, before he invaded Poland, and he, he, they mount this expensive expedition to Antarctica. Right. And they open a base under the ice, two miles under the ice. Yeah, we heard stories uh, about this uh, before from Admiral Byrd, by the way, but you know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Top scientists, the top scientific agriculturists, when the fact they brought agricultural people with them tells you that they were starting to grow their own food right away. That their plan was to go, how are they going to grow food in Antarctica? That, that's a legitimate question. Why were they already, 1938, thinking along those lines? In any case, it was because the reptilians brought them there. And the reptilians created a huge uh, underground cavern there under the ice where the Nazis set up their base. And that became what's known as called Base 211. Base 211. The image in the book, yes. Base 211. Pretty nice image, by the that way. Oh, oh, thank you. Yes. I had some good people helping me with those. Yeah, very nice. And by the way, I just got to ask you, Lynn, the Germans seem to have superior technology. Even to this day, they are just top-notch, top talent in terms of engineering. They are. They always have been, yes. And that's why the reptilians selected them uh, to work with. For that very reason, because they did because they lizards were can't multiply. Low in morality. I'm sorry. What? I'm just making a joke. I just said lizards can't multiply. That is funny. Yeah, for some reason though, German technology, <laughs> their engineering is just top notch. It is. It is. Um, even this, right. uh, Mike. Yeah. Even this microphone that I'm using now is uh, German made. Is it really? Was that's it made right. by a Nazi? I probably. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. A uh, shout out to uh, the Germans out there, by the way. Uh, big supporters out there in Germany. Uh, guten Morgen uh, for my German listeners out there. Much love to you. Respect all of you out there and all the international listeners, too. Uh, much respect. Um, yes, but I digress. Uh, Lynn, my goodness, this book, though. I, I and one, of my, and one, of, one, one of my books has been translated to German, believe it or not. Oh, did you? Do you have a fan base out there, too? Yeah, evidently. Evidently, yeah. I was surprised when the uh, publisher told me that. Very nice. Uh, there is a German edition of, uh, I think it's the one about uh, Serpo. 
I no see. Problem. I see, yes. And you also have stated before, Lynn, by the way, the Germans landed on the moon. Okay, let's go back to square one. Go back to moment. square one. Okay, take us back. Square one is base 211. Base 211. Base 211 was a German base in Antarctica that was really set up for interstellar travel. That was its purpose. And they were brought there by the reptilians because the reptilians were already doing it. And they were buddies. They were Amazing. buddies. They had, the reptilians had two huge caverns under the ice there, and they had three smaller ones right next to them, and they gave those three to the Germans. And Himmler uh, took over from Goring around that time, took over the SS, took over the, uh, the Nazi party from Goring, and he was responsible for developing that base, Base 211. So they now had a, they now had a base for traveling to the stars from Antarctica. And that was their, that was their purpose. That was their, that was their intent. Okay. Base right. 211. And that's where they developed their first trip. The first trip to the, to Mar to the moon was in 1942. I made that point in the book. I don't know if you got that far or not. But. Right. I, I recall, but again, that's news to me, Lynn. I went, once I was reading that, I thought, my goodness, is that true? Is there anything, are there any other people that back up this theory? I mean, I, I've never heard this before. Right. That's why I'm asking. There's a German, I, I give I give the name of the guy, I think his name was, uh, he was a German uh, scientist, he was a German uh, Air Force guy, was the first guy to land on the moon in 1942. And uh, Vladimir Terzisky tells us that. I don't know if you know anything about Terzisky or not. If you go to page, if you go to page 105 in my book, you'll see a picture of Terzisky. You said Bulgarian page. Researcher. What's that? You said page 105. Page 105. Yes. Oh, the Bulgarian researcher. Yes. Ah, yes. Terzisky. I see him now. Yes. That information. That information about the first guy to land on the moon was comes from Terzisky, and it was Terzisky that said that the German. In fact, I make that point right here. He claims that it was this technology that achieved the moon landing as early as 1942. He says, quote, first landing on the moon by the Germans was at the, the Mare Imbrium uh, crater on yep. August 23rd. August 23rd. August 1942 at 11.26. He even gives the time of day using a Mithi rocket. Mithi was one of the brilliant German scientists who developed the first rockets. And uh, he was the first man on the moon. It, wasn't Neil, it was not Neil Armstrong. Is there any possibility that, that this could be a, is there any possibility that this could be a lie? Yes, like, that, that's another well, good. I, yeah, Mike, you're right. This could. That's a good question, Mike. If this well, is not the, not the like propaganda up, for sure. Go ahead, sorry. Right, well, the reason I bring it up, Michael, is because there are so many conspiracies that sure, sure. that say that America never went to the moon. So, yeah. what proof do we actually have that this was also uh, something that actually happened? Right. The answer to that question is no proof. No proof. That's the answer. <laughs> okay, that's the answer. But you got to put. You got to. You got to. You've got to connect the dots. You've got to connect the dots because by the time von Braun was taking over our 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 our, our um, air, air whatever the rocketry. I got you. By that time, nineteen sixty, Bernard von Braun took over in nineteen sixty. Took over NASA. Was actually took over the Marshall Space Flight Center. It wasn't NASA itself. Uh, in 1960, by that time, the Germans had a very well developed moon base. It was huge, and it was shaped in the form of a swastika. These buildings were in the form of a swastika. Believe it or not, 
So uh, now they now they have a moon base, and from there they develop the Mars base. The Mars base, right? And that's where so, things get even weirder. Can anybody see this? Is it still it's there? there? What happened to it? It's there. It's still there. How, how come we can't see it on our telescopes? Or well, our not only can we see it, on, can we see it? But we 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 fly there. We go there. We land there. They allow us to do that. So the so uh, all so what you're saying is all uh, all international space programs are associated with this um, these amphibious people who live underground. Well, they gave is the that, technology to the Germans. They they gave the technology to the Nazis. Nazis took over America, took over our aerospace industry to the point where one of their top colonels took over NASA and brought in all of his Nazi friends through Operation Paperclip to run to run NASA and to get into all of our aerospace companies and all of our top universities through Paperclip. And they've been running the show here ever since. I know I like I know everyone likes to think we won World War II and we did win the battle on the ground, but we did not win the scientific battle. You know, I, I, I was a volunteer at um, the William McDowell Observatory in Lyndhurst, New Jersey for about, oh, I guess about six years, maybe seven years. And I used to operate a, a $150,000 uh, telescope, um, and I was trained by a NASA ambassador uh, to take photographs of the moon and celestial objects. And, I mean, none of this was ever brought up. and. We would look at the moon constantly, and I mean, obviously, you have to know what you're looking for. But at the same time, I mean, I, nothing like this has ever been brought up. Um, is, is this something underground? Is it above ground? I mean, does anybody know? It's all underground. Most, most of it is underground. Yes, it is. Most of it is underground. Some of them, some of it is on the surface, but only on the dark side. The surface buildings are on the dark side. And hmm. uh, the guy, who, the guy who knows most about this, about this, is John Lear. Yeah, he's you been on the Yeah, I've spoken to John Lear and it's been maybe maybe 2 years since the last time I talked to John Lear. John Lear says there were 200 million humans on the moon. That's something he did say. 200 million? That's a, apparently, allegedly. I don't know right. if that's true or not, but that's what uh, John Lear has said throughout the years and you know, it, it gets even weirder, boys and girls. Um, you know, the the story of another gentleman comes to mind. I believe his name is uh, Gary McKinnon. And, yeah, Gary McKinnon, that's right. Yeah, that's for, right. The, for those who don't know, after allegedly hacking into NASA websites where he says he found images of what looked like extraterrestrial spaceships. And, oh, that guy? Yeah, I believe he did this from his <laughs> girlfriend's home, by the way. And, oh, was it? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, what's interesting <laughs> is that Gary, he actually has listened to the show, and I was going to bring him on. And he also apparently saw files that stated off-planet officers. And I don't know how true that is. I don't know. Again, he did serve plenty of time. And I wish I could bring him on to discuss this. But the last time I tried, he had told me that he can't talk about it anymore because wow. all of this ruined his life as wow. a result. And, uh, you know, I, I have to respect his wishes, to be honest with you. At least, at least they didn't get him over here and put him in jail. That's true. He he's close to that. He yeah, he's close to that. If we'd, if we'd ever got him over here, he would still be in jail. Right. Gary's not American, by the way, for those that don't know. Gary McKinnon, look into that. Um, he, he said a lot of interesting things, but I'm glad that he, he's all right. Um, I would hate to see something happen to him. Interesting guy. 
He was an interesting guy because he broke he broke that whole thing wide open. He sure did. Strange. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Len, having been uh, an associate, or I should say, a member of the military of the United States of America, and having spoken about this publicly and written books, have you ever been approached by the Men in Black, or even jailed or questioned for that matter? No, I'm really small potatoes. They don't need. They don't want anything from me. Small potatoes. So small potatoes compared to what else is going on. They That's leave funny. Me totally, they leave me totally alone. <laughs> Okay. By the way, let me write my crazy. They just let me write my crazy books, and they don't. They look the other way. By the way, Lynn, uh, you (laughs) also mentioned concentration camps, I believe, in your book. Yes, I did. Yeah, that's right. And the uh, the experiments conducted were quite disturbing, to say the very least. Hitler was a madman. He was totally mad. He was absolutely crazy. He's he's sitting up there on top of his mountain with his girlfriend and his dog, a German shepherd. Well, they're shoveling people into into the ovens here down below without blinking an eye. None of it bothered him. I mean, it was unbelievable what kind of an individual he was. He was he was absolutely had no morality whatsoever. Uh, that's why he was a Nazi? And what's that? Mike just said that's why he's a Nazi. Yeah, that's why he was a Nazi exactly. And the, the and the ironic part of it all is that while they looted Europe of a hundred billion dollars during World War II and sent most of it, that money to Argentina. He wound up living a life, a comfortable life in Argentina until 1962. Yeah, isn't that something, by the way, Lynn, that he, that a Nazi, um, uh, Adolf Hitler, for that matter, would go out to um, Argentina of all places? I find that rather amusing. Well, it's not so amusing when you realize that Argentina has a very, very uh, strong Nazi um, population. Really? German population. Yes, yes. And if you go to my website and watch the video uh, uh, number four. Number four. Watch video number four. Yeah, watch that one. You got it. Uh, Hitler's, escape, Hitler's escape to Argentina. Uh, he, that point is made. Nice, okay. The German the population in Argentina was very open to Nazi influence, and that's why, that's why they took Hitler in after the war. Interesting. Now, Mike, go ahead. I, I think you might have uh, had a question or something. Go ahead. Uh, just another perplexing question mark. Jump in uh, there. You mean Lynn? Uh, uh, no, 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 no. I said just another perplexing um, question mark over my head oh, okay. about <laughs> I what's you're calling going a, on. I thought you were calling a mark. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I can look at. I can understand that, Mike. I understand that completely. Believe me. I know that we must sound crazy to you, but unfortunately, oh, no, 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 no. Don't take it the wrong way. No, don't take it the wrong way. Look, <laughs> I, I, I respect. I respect what you you believe, what you've written, what you've seen. Uh, all of that is valid. It's just again, I am very I'm a very skeptical person. It is my job to ask tough questions. It is my job to be skeptical. That that's my whole, you know, position on the show. So uh, no disrespect well, to well, you, well, sir. We know we need we need healthy skepticism in this game here. So you're of course you're doing the right thing. You're right. doing so the right it, thing and it, it's necessary. nothing Absolutely against necessary. you. It's just that's I'm a skeptic, and I have I need I, I need proof to understand things thoroughly. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we I understand that. that at all. The hard part, uh, yeah, the hard part of all of this is that we we don't really even get answers about anything from uh, the quote unquote officials. That's the bad part. We get right. we get CIA documents that are torn to shreds, and they're copies of copies of copies. That are released uh, just decades later. Right. That's really the only validation we get. So, well, I understand we, we, that. 
No doubt. Michael, re- remember when we spoke to Leo Zagami? Sure. How he he mentioned that this. Uh, how and and I'm saying this uh, based on the conversation we mm-hmm. had. I don't remember exactly what he said, but right. something to the extent that this was the decade that there was supposed to be alien connection yes. or communication. If you will. yes, and we are getting to that point right now. Uh, I, I was going to bring up chapter chapter 15 in your book, but before we do, uh, Lynn, I was going to ask you: Are you ready for a break before we we jump in even further here? Sure. Absolutely. That'll be great. Yeah, no problem. Mike, are, are you ready give for... Give me a chance to eat my dinner. Yeah. Quick. There you go. <laughs> go ahead and, go ahead and eat there. We'll, we'll be uh, okay, back. How, how much time, how much time have I got? How much time have you I got, got about six minutes or so. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat fast. I'll give you six okay. minutes here. All right. Okay. All right. We'll get back to you in, in a moment here, Glenn. Hang tight. Okay. So, yes, uh, We'll be right back. And Mike, definitely a good question. And I'm glad we left off right there. We, we have a lot to cover here. And of course, we are going to go on a little break here, boys and girls. And Mike, are you ready for that first break already? Y- yes, sir, buddy. I'll be right here. When you're ready, you just uh, jump back on and, and we'll connect. No problem. Hang tight, Mike. Okay, bud. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was Mr. Mike Hideous and Lynn Caston. Lots to talk about here tonight. Lots to talk about here tonight, indeed. Skepticism is, of course, always needed. And uh, yes, copies of copies of copies is really all we have in terms of getting any sort of um, quote-unquote facts and history in general. One must question history as we see man lies all the time. Most men lie. Most who write history lie to paint it into their favor, into their agenda. So it's good to question everything, no doubt. And when we return, we have much to cover here. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned, boys and girls. Round two is in fact next. Hang tight. Welcome back, boys and girls, for round two. And I believe Mr. Mike Hideous is patiently awaiting. Mike, what's going on? Hey, brother. I was there just you sitting are. Here. I got to tell you, I, I, I never left. I was sitting here and I was listening to some of the strangest noise really? coming through, yeah, through the headset. Very, very odd stuff. Very odd indeed. And of course, we have returned with our guest, Mr. Lynn Caston, by the way, uh, Lynn, uh, say hello. Lynn, are you there. with us? There you are. Are you there, Lynn? Or is Lynn not with us? He's still eating his oh, dinner. Here, okay. Oh, no, he's here. We okay. got him back. Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear now. <laughs> I thought you were still eating okay. your dinner. <laughs> no, I just grabbed a bite. 
grabbed the bite and then came back to the computer. Very nice. I'm glad you're back. We missed you, Lynn. You know, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking on the I, on the IMB, IMDb database online about Jack Parsons. Yes. I wanted to get the name of that. I wanted to get the name of that movie. Uh, I think it was Dark Angel. I remember the movie name being Dark Angel. It was on Netflix. It was a whole story of Jack Parsons. But there's also another one called Jack Parsons' Jet Propelled Antichrist, hmm. made in 2006. Uh, that I'm looking at. Nice. Uh, so. <laughs> Jet uh, propelled antichrist. <laughs> Jet propelled great. antichrist. What a great name! <laughs> I gotta check that out. Yeah, you said it's on name. Netflix. This one is on. Uh, uh, it's on. It's on Stars. It's T-A-R-Z. Stars. Stars. Okay, well, we're gonna have to look that up. Yes. Yeah, that sounds and, pretty uh, good. I think this particular one is is not is is not real. It's um it's cartoonish. This one's cartoonish. Someone in the uh, chat room said uh, it's called Strange Angel. Okay, Strange Angel. I thought it was Dark Angel, but Strange Angel sounds, sounds like that's the right one, yeah. And that's the one on Net- uh, Netflix? Stars. So both of them are on Stars. The one on Stars says this is the story about one of the fathers of modern rocketry and the founder of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which still leads the way in the development of rockets and the exploration of space. Its founder, Jock. Jack Parsons was also an occultist and a sorcerer who followed the teachings of Aleister Crowley. After wow. repeated investigations by the FBI, he died at the age of 38 in a mysterious explosion that made headlines around the U.S. Young guy. Officially, <laughs> officially, it was a tragic accident. Other interpretations of the event persist to this day. That's a little bit of background on Jack Parsons. Nice. <laughs> uh, Lynn, are you okay back there? You, you are coughing. Are you sure you're not coronavirus uh, free? Oh, no. Oh please no. No. No, I don't have any I don't have any fever at all. Okay, no good, good. I'm just making sure you are a okay out there, Lynn. I am I'm a okay indeed. Perfect. I'm fine. Very nice. And of course, before we went on on a break, Mike brought up a pretty good point. And uh before we went on the break, I got on here and just quickly mentioned how it's very hard to get any sort of validation in terms of uh proof of of any of these things, because all we really get are these documents, and it's through the out. yeah, bla- most of the most of the time, yes, yeah, blacked out, redacted. Well, you know, the point I was going to make Go after our, in our discussion, what, it's a very important point. If indeed, if indeed the Nazis took over this country in 1953, which they did uh, through paperclip, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? believe and wouldn't you say that it's logical that they would suppress after they took over they would suppress any attempts by us to get it get control of it again and to keep us from the moon and mars ourselves wouldn't that be logical it's hard to say i'd like to answer that question if i may here's here's my conundrum with with uh, theories and information like this i have recently been stricken ever since i've been doing this show with michael uh, i have been stricken with this confusion of being able to comprehend whether or not my government is a complete farce in in multiple <laughs> multiple subjects concerning you know ufo's or uh, politics whatever it may be uh, I have recently become very, very confused as to what the hell is going on. I'm glad you came to that conclusion, Mike. I mean, you see the news yeah, today. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see the news today, Mike, and you question it all the time. So I'm all sure, time. I'm sure you have skepticism 
towards the history of this nation as well. No doubt. And it's, it's exactly become, you should. It's be, well, it's become highlighted since you and I have uh, begun working together on the show. It's called being red pilled, Mike. Right. <laughs> With all the people that we've we've interviewed, Michael, it has gotten me to a point where I'm like, what the hell is going on? Good, good, good. <laughs> you know, <I'm> glad. so <laughs> that's why I say all due, all due respect to Len. It's nothing personal against him when I. Yeah, we know that, know, Mike. It's OK. Right. We're all friends here. How come more people aren't saying that? That's what baffles me. Because it's so evident that something definitely crazy is going on. Sure. How come nobody else understands it? That's what that's what baffles me. Yeah, you're right. And, and I think that goes back to what I was about to say, which is I've always been a patriot. I've always been, you know, a, a love for my country. And, sure. And to hear things like this really makes you think, like, what the heck is going on? That's good. I'm, I'm glad you okay. are thinking this well, way, Mike. That's a, that's a good first yes, step. Really. I think you're making progress. That's good. That's, That's right. really good. <laughs> Step Thanks, in the right guys. direction. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's how it starts. You're asking those questions. Well, you know, you, you really got to go back to the Kennedy assassination right. to start to understand what's going on here, because uh, he was killed for a reason. And uh, in order to understand that, you have to understand the story of Alan Dulles. Do you know anything about Alan Dulles, Mike, at all? I, I do not, sir. Can you tell us uh, briefly about what he is, who he is? He, he took over the CIA in 1953, okay? And his brother, okay. John Foster Dulles, his brother's older brother, John Foster Dulles, happened to be Secretary of State at that time. So here we had two Dulles brothers. Both of them were Nazi sympathizers. Alan right. Dulles' connection with the Nazis goes back to when he was, when he was uh, in Switzerland during the war. Not only that, but listen to this. Both of them were, were lawyers in New York City. And one of the one of the things they had to do in 1933, they were represented a, a financial company called Kuhn Lieb, very very well known uh, financial company. They represented them. What they had to do in 1933 was to go to Cologne, Germany, and meet with Adolf Hitler to, to arrange financing for him to run for Chancellor of Germany. Okay. Okay. Now, now put that into your into your head for a minute. Here, are these two men that ultimately became two of the most powerful men. In America, arranging for Hitler to take over as Chancellor of Germany in 1933 as lawyers. Hmm. And this one man, Alan Dulles, becomes head of the CIA in 1953 and has something that, a lot to do with the assassination of John Kennedy and who sat on the, sat on the committee to, to examine the causes of Kennedy's assassination. Uh, think about that, Alan Dulles. And Eisenhower was just too naive. He was a great president, but he was too naive and he didn't know anything about politics. So he let these two guys run the show, and they did, and they did. And that's where it all started. That's where it all started. Meanwhile, one of their friends named Werner von Braun was taking over NASA at the same time. But try, just try and put all of that together, and it just, it just, uh, it just blows your mind, really, when you think about it. Believe me, Len, I, I, ever since I've been working with, my, <clears throat> working with Michael, I have put, been putting a lot of stuff in my mind, and it's beginning to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take I know, some of this stuff. It's confusing. I know. I understand, Mike. Completely believe me. I'm glad you're bringing a healthy. I'm glad you're bringing a healthy dose of skepticism into the discussion. Believe me. I know it gets I, even I, crazier, I Mike. I mean, we haven't even mentioned President Dwight Eisenhower yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it gets it gets even crazier. 
Well, I, I want to know more <laughs> about Len's uh, about Len's book and his his outlook on right. Uh, you know the theory that he has concerning these these um and uh rep- reptilious people. So I I want I want to hear more about what he has to say about his book. Well, it's hard to it's hard to believe. You know, when David Icke first started talking about them, I thought he was crazy too. And then when he said that the Queen was a reptilian, I really thought he had blown his mind. You know. Sure. But, you know, but the queen was a shape-shifting reptilian and that she developed scales and fangs when she went into her reptilian body. I mean, think about that. Who would believe such a thing? That's insane. Who would believe such a thing that this gentle old lady could become a, 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 an, an alien reptilian uh, participating in blood rituals underground at night? I mean... Yeah, but, but hang on a second. Hang yeah. on, hang on. You're saying became. We're talking about the Queen of England, right? The Queen of yes, England. You're, you're saying yeah. became a reptilian. So, I mean, I've seen pictures of her as a little girl when, when her parents were king and queen. Yeah. What happened to her? Like, what'd she do? Get bit by a, like a, a reptilian person, like a werewolf and turn into a, a lizard? I mean, how? How did that happen? According to Ike, they have the ability to shapeshift. They can shapeshift and appear to be human. and. You know, I find it very hard to believe myself because, you know, I look at her, I hear her speak. She seems like a just a nice old lady, really. And I can't imagine her drinking blood uh, of children underground during these rituals and having scaly skin and turning into a, a monster. So, But I was, uh, I was serious about all this, and he, he persists. And the more I looked into it, the more I began to believe him. And I, I think probably he was telling the truth. Wow. Hardcore man, baby blood. <laughs> oh, I mean, now we're, yeah. now we're talking. <laughs> well, now we're now we caught up to much more of what's going on uh, in modern times. You have these, exactly. uh, consp- yeah, you have these conspiracies of uh, the rich and powerful conducting some sort of a satanic ritual, Mike. By the way, and drinking blood as well, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. It's, it's interesting, like, though. I mean, like, even bringing yes, and even bringing that up, <laughs> <laughs> even bringing that up as it may, uh, even chapter fifteen in your book, the slave trade. You were talking about Mars and such, and you know that that's a a hard pill to swallow as well. But you know, when we think about it, it's strange that the Germans were uh, interested in eugenics and. Who do we know that was also into eugenics? Uh, Jeffrey Epstein and one Bill Gates. Exactly. So, I mean, it gets exactly. it's very yes. odd. Yes, that's, that's a good point. That's a very good point you made, Michael, uh, putting that together. Because uh, pedophilia has always been part of, first of all, the Germans are well-known slave masters. They always have been. That's, that's the point I made in my book. And that's the reason I went back to World War One and before to point that out how they have always always been slave masters and uh, and why they're they're basically uh, I don't know Michael did you read that that part of my book where I said that Hitler's dream was to create a slave an empire of slaves all the way to the Ural Mountains yes I did and put all the women and put all the women in brothels I was hoping that? you'd mention that yes that was his goal yeah. that was his goal that's weird uh, what a creep I, by I, the way what a creep I mean, <laughs> I mean what kind of a monster oh. was he really you know, and Oy vey. <laughs> so, all right, I, I got a question. I got a question. So jump in there. Was was Hitler the only um, person, uh, shall we say, a military tyrant involved 
in the things that he did, in the things that he did, was he the only man, uh, a tyrant in this case, that isn't allegedly involved with these these uh, other forms of life, these reptilious people? I mean, you know, well, was Saddam whole, Hussein a, a part of them? Was Bin Laden a part of them? Who did you say, Bin, Bin Laden? Right. Yeah, yeah. Not Joe Biden, Bin Laden. Yeah, basically he's asking about world leaders being controlled by this nefarious group, correct? Something right. like Call that. Right? The Illuminati. The Illuminati. The Illuminati. Yes. Oh, the Illuminati. there you go. That's, That's an interesting theory. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. They they run the show. They are the they they run the financial world. They run the pharmaceutical world. They run Hollywood. They run it all, and they have all the money. Okay. We're talking that about makes the sense. Illuminati. We're talking about the Illuminati. That's right. And the Illuminati allow us to have a certain amount of freedom in in America, and to to and to put on the appearance of actually being free people, but we're not. We appear to be free. I agree. And we did win World War II, and it was an incredible effort. What? Why just America? Why? I mean, it it seems to me like, all right, America is based on freedom, or at least so we think. Um, Whereas other countries are, uh, especially in in countries um, that um, are run by uh, more tyrant-type people, why, I mean, you know, why would it be just America that they would want to be lenient on and give freedom to? Because of uh, of the traditions of the founding fathers and the way this country was founded on basis of free on the basis of freedom and uh, and everybody everybody being free and equal according to Thomas Jefferson because that's our that's our her- that's our heritage and right. we're the only country in the world that really have that has that heritage and that's the reason that we are so powerful and so strong because because of that because we are basically humane we are humane people we're basically a decent people and so. Uh, that's the irony here. That's the irony. We do appear to be living a free life, but we're not. We're not because we do not have anything near the technology that the Nazis have on the moon and Mars. We don't have anywhere near that technology. And when you start talking about quantum computers, about regeneration of the body, about reversing age, these technologies exist, and the Nazis and the Germans on Mars and the moon have that technology. They keep us around like a cattle ranch. We're like a cattle ranch here. And what are they waiting for? They feed us. Well, they're using us actually. Uh, they do take they do take large groups of large batch consignments of humans underground and uh, do eat them and drink the blood whenever they feel like it. So they keep us and here what, on the surface, just like, and just like in the movie. What's, time, what's the, time the purpose of 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 killing and eating humans and drinking babies' blood? I, I don't quite see the purpose myself. It's not a purpose. That's just the way they are. They're different. They're a different species. They're not. They don't have any of the any of the uh, DNA that we have. We are have, they from another have, planet? Yes, they are from another planet. They're from the they're from the Draco system. The and Draco how system. far back? How far back does their history go involved with uh, humans on Earth? Hundreds of thousands of years. But they were here before we were here. They were here before we even got here. So you were they making? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What we call the human race of today is only about 50,000 years old. The reptilians have been here for over 100,000 years. And have they been making deals with other people uh, in the past? They control 21 star systems in this part of the galaxy. They control them. They have technology that would blow your mind. Okay, be that that as it may, though, is there any written information of uh, people from the past writing about 
or you know documenting record making records about this so-called race well you have to understand something called mind control and that's that's a whole nother subject and uh they have that power they understand mind control i'm glad you brought up mind control by the way that's always very interesting as we know um the godfather of such a creation was a German. Who, Freud? No, we're talking about the angel of death, Joseph Mengele. Oh. That's right. That's right. There you go. Joseph Mengele was, was having his fun in the concentration camps with with, uh, with the slaves there. And uh, he actually got to Argentina, too, by the way. He survived. Um, by the way, Lynn, I'm curious what you would say about those who deny the Holocaust altogether. I don't know because it, it does it, it it does stretch the mind to the, I mean you begin to it blows the mind to think that this actually happened. Sure. That the Holocaust actually happened. When you see pictures like I was watching a video of World War Two with Eisenhower taking people taking some Germans from the small towns in Germany on tours of the concentration camps so they could see what happened there and how they reacted. They with disbelief they could not believe what they were seeing with their own eyes. People being shoveled. Thousands of people being shoveled into furnaces. I mean, nobody could believe it. And yet it happened. It happened because one madman developed complete power and he became a Caesar, literally a Caesar in modern dress, to the point where he was actually more powerful than Julius Caesar was. He actually was more powerful and, and he was able to make it happen. So if one, if one madman could, could make that happen, get the whole German population behind him, they thought he was great. For a long time, until he until he started World War Two. Right. He solved unemployment problems. He solved the the, uh, the inflation problem. He did a lot of things right. Then when he got them all military, behind him, yeah. he built up the military. Then when he got them solidly behind him to the point where they were all saluting him with the Sieg Heil, then he started World War Two. So you see, one man can do that. One man can do that. That's what makes me so nervous about about the modern era. Frankly, understood. Yeah, it, it really you know does. Mm-hmm, it, it really does make you wonder, especially with all these uh, alleged sightings that are recently going on. And speak, speaking of which, now that we are back into much more modern times now, what do you make of the Pentagon talking about UFOs again? Some say they are, of course, just drones and not craft. Well, you know, in order to get the complete story, you have to take you have to take into account what I call the Federation. Uh, I don't know what you, did you you read my original book, The Alien World Order? I believe so. We have a lot of friends in the galaxy, and they also have terrific technology, but they're not able to help us. We have to help ourselves. But they're there. They are there, and they're all just like on Star Trek. They're humane. They're moral. They're intelligent, and that that's that really will be our destiny if we can just rid ourselves of what's going on here with the reptilians. Our destiny really is a Star Trek generation, eventually, when we will be traveling throughout the galaxy and freeing the slaves. Yes, we will be doing that eventually. That's our destiny. But right now, we're not seeing it. Understood. And what do you make of uh, Elon Musk? I don't know what to make about that guy. I really don't. Some of the things he said are crazy. He says are rather (laughs) rather crazy. You know? You know, the, the, the reason why I bring up Elon Musk is because, of course, MIT and Mr. Elon Musk, they, of course, are underway with such technology where you'll be able to control various things with only your mind. That's like biotech. 
Yes, and basically man is meshing with machine, and all of that is happening right now before our eyes with this pandemic uh, we are currently facing. Um, just, I'm just getting much more um, questions in my mind as we go along here tonight. Oh, this is very odd. I think it all, well, I, you know, based on, on Len's book uh, and what he, you know, the topics he brings up, it all kind of ties in together, Michael. It really does. Uh, I mean, you know, the things that he's, he's now, I got to be honest, Len, I, I haven't read your book. I don't, I don't have it. Michael read it, but I haven't. So my questions are, are from the standpoint of a listener in our audience, per se, if you will. Um, this way, you know, you know, Michael, Michael reads the book. I, I, I ask the questions from a blind point of view. Um, so a lot of the things that are, you've written about, I'm assuming have to do with these theories of, of what is that, you know, the hidden secrets of our society and our world and politicians and politics. If, if, if I'm, if I'm but, correct. But the nice thing about your attitude is that you do have an open mind and that's, that's, that's a good start. Uh, you're, you're willing to consider all these crazy theories that we're talking about. And I know they do sound crazy. Believe me. It's happening I though. I mean, it, it is, it is, it does sound crazy indeed, but all these things are happening right before our, our very own eyes. Exactly. Exactly. With this biochipping going on. Situation. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a strange situation here. We really are. The human race has tremendous potential and the, and the human race is basically decent, but we, we can't, we cannot express our decency. Because we're being, we're really being suppressed. We're being suppressed and mind controlled, and we have been for hundreds of, maybe not thousands of years, even. That's so, the situation. So, Len, if I may ask, in your in your book, do you describe what the future holds for humanity? Like, are we facing extinction? Yeah, the end are game, we, right? Yeah. What what what's what's your take on what's going to happen? Well, all I can tell you is I just hope the Georgia Guidestones are not correct. Really? You know about the Georgia? Yeah. You know what the Georgia Guidestones are saying, right? No. Well, actually, no. Tell us what what is going on right now, and and with the um, those three those, yes. those three stones that are standing in that town in Georgia say that the earth the population of the earth will be reduced to a half a billion, five hundred million. Really? And uh, really? yes, that's that's the prediction in stone. And of course, it's in Georgia for some strange reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, they're right. Georgia. A lot of people. A lot of people do talk about the Georgia Guidestones and what their prediction is on those. And it's, it's all engraved on those three stones. Those three. Uh, those three. Those three. They're really actually like big gravestones. What they are. And this and is Georgia, it's, America, it's, not Georgia, the country. Georgia, America. Georgia, Georgia Guidestones. Look it up on Google. Google that. Google that, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Will do. And and, and is there a set year for this uh, alleged destruction? I I don't know. I don't think so. Destruction is that will be reduced to 500 million people. And you know, when you look at this 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 virus here, I could see where this could continue to mutate and could go crazy. It, it's it's a it's a very strange virus, and it could reduce the population tremendously. That's right. It's all over the world. It's all over the world. How, do, how does a virus all of a sudden appear all over the world, even in the tiny little countries that don't even have airports? Well, that's true. That's because uh-huh. it's it's a flu like it's a flu like virus, and it's <laughs> but it's not in the air. It's not it's not in the air. It's it's got to be contagious from person to person, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's no, airborne. It is it is airborne. It, it is airborne. It, it yes. can become airborne as well as uh, remain on. Um, 
uh, on surfaces for extended amount of time, uh, certain surfaces like metal. But, uh, you know, with all due respect, Len, I don't know how much you know about um, pandemics of the past, but we've had a few. As a matter of fact, I just learned about one that was taking place during Woodstock in 1969. And they, uh, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think I read there was something like 100,000 deaths worldwide. Uh, again, don't quote me on that number. I can't remember exactly how many people had died. But again, that was the, probably the, the most recent big pandemic we had back. But every year, you know, we have people who die uh, in the tens of thousands of of flu uh, of flus that 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 you know kill kill people. It's just that you don't always hear about it because it's just a flu. This one exactly. we know about exactly, because it's yeah. of the CCP. Well, do you want my opinion on what on what uh, what a virus is? Of course. Like, I just I just came to this conclusion within the last two weeks by studying uh, by studying nanotechnology, looking at the nanotechnology and uh, robot robotology. I think I think that the the virus is basically a, what they call a nanobot. It can only replicate inside the human body. It cannot replicate outside of the human body. So it's got to have a host in order right. to replicate. And so contagion is the key. Uh, that to me is part of artificial intelligence. Really, what that is is artificial intelligence. It's not biology. So uh, we're being, I think, we're being controlled by artificial intelligence, basically, and that's what viruses are. That's why they're so dangerous. They're what they call a nanobot, N-A-N-O-B-O-T. And by the way, so, aside from just the book, the books that you, you know, that you author and you talk about, and all these interviews that you do, Lynn. I'm sure there's so many things on your mind aside from the topic of reptilians and ufology that definitely plague your mind. So I'm glad we are having this discussion with you. Um, we've got this uh, global pandemic. We've got conflicting reports going on. It's really interesting. And, and that's a pretty fascinating theory that you have about AI. Well, it's all under, but, but see, the way, it, the way it connects with what we're talking about is that basically, the reptilians are more or less in control of AI. They control it, and that's how they've been. That's how they have conquered all these other star systems is with using AI. So uh, well, I'm beginning to think that perhaps what's going on right now is the fact that the reptilians did not succeed in World War II, but they did succeed after World War II in establishing incredible bases on the Moon and Mars. So they basically control the solar system, and that's why the subtitle of my book is a battle for the control of the solar system, because that's really what it is. If they control the moon and Mars and they control us, which they do, the only, the only planet left is Venus, and that's a whole different story. It's a whole different story. So um, we're into the solar system now. We're no longer confining our, our, our investigations to this planet. We can't. That's why I had to write this book, because I realized that. Right. I realized that in turn. Until we started talking about the moon and Mars and the Nazis on the moon and Mars, we couldn't understand the whole the whole story. Understood. Now, and now, go ahead. Now it becomes possible. Now it becomes possible. Right. And Lynn, I got to ask: Are you working on any new material? No, I'm not at the moment. I'm not at the moment. Two things around my out of my brain, and uh, I got some ideas. One one of the things that fascinates me is the, is the Kennedy story. Uh, I do know I do know that the Nazis were involved in the Kennedy assassination, and I'm trying to make those connections. Uh, that Lee Harvey Oswald was living with a Nazi family 
at the time of the assassination. So I'm trying to make that connection because I do know that the Nazis wanted him out of the way. But he was a real patriot, and uh, they couldn't deal with him. So that that those photos in the book of him walking along with Werner von Braun is really quite ironic when you think about it. Because I don't think he had any any idea of what the Nazis were up, were up to at that time. And by the way, Lynn, we are kind of winding down with you here in this segment. But I have to ask, Lynn, why are there... I don't understand. I don't either. I'm, I'm as perplexed as you are on that I, one, Lynn. I can't, I can't give you an answer to that. I just don't know. That's okay. I just don't know. And uh, Lynn, did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? You want my opinion on that? Yeah. Go ahead. I think Trump got him out of prison. You think Trump got him out of prison? No way. Oh, my. Do tell, Lynn. Please tell us your theory. Yeah, I never heard that one before. Well, I mean, think about it. Weren't they good friends? Well, sure. I mean, I think they knew each other. Yeah, but no, 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 no. They were good friends. He, he, He knew Epstein. And as a matter of fact, he even said that uh, there were some times that he had to disassociate himself from Epstein because of his involvement with, with young, young girls. Women. Yeah, there's a quote of him saying that indeed. And it, it is unusual to say the least, but of course I've never heard that theory before. And I have images of uh, Trump dancing at a party and there's um, Jeffrey Epstein right next to him. I, I always have that up here in the uh, live right. chat. So yeah, I would have exactly. to say they were good friends. Sure. Well, I don't know who got him out of prison, but I'm I'm quite sure he he survived and he's out there somewhere. My goodness, somebody got him out. But I someone got him, got him out. Yeah, I, I see. So. And the only reason the only reason I said Trump is because Trump did have the power to do that, and and they were friends. That's the only reason I came to that conclusion. His name but, was uh, in the yeah. His name was in the little black book. A lot of his uh, numbers were there. Exactly. Yes. I, I mean, you know, so, I, I, know. I am skeptical, of course, but when you see that many numbers, you have to say and scratch your head. I, well, you know, I wonder why. And well, now that you I know, not for nothing, boys, but uh, the Clintons had probably just as much, <clears throat> excuse me, just as much power, uh, I would say, as the president in their mafiosa-like ways. Well, sure. Th- there's no contention for me from that. <laughs> Everyone seems to have uh, been involved to some extent. Lots of money exchanged from both parties. Plenty of times. I mean, yeah. Trump was a Democrat for a long time. Right. Big found a big funder of um, the Clinton Foundation. Matter of fact, that's right. That is absolutely. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know. Who, I don't know who got him out of prison, but that the, the way his, the way he was he escaped was the way he was supposedly killed. I just don't think it happened. It sounded too phony. For it's me a little weird. Time. Yeah, the way that played out, for sure, and the way the media has not covered it uh, since the event took uh, took place, it, it's very telling, uh, Lynn and Mike, that there is something nefarious going on with some of the biggest uh, names in Hollywood as well. I'll tell you how exactly. I think he got out of prison. Go ahead, Mike. I think he got out of prison through a body bag <laughs> through a bo- well that's what happened indeed mike indeed indeed through a body bag but how he got there in that body bag still remains a bit of a mystery absolutely are, are you saying he was alive in the in the body bag <laughs> well he could have been some <laughs> no, people i think i, mean, I think was he a- was deader than a doornail in my personal opinion i think <laughs> okay. it is is it, it my opinion is i think he got i think that the again my opinion uh, I think that the Clintons were the ones who had him off, and you never uh, know. It's possible because there was some 
very delicate, sensitive information concerning Bill and the association with, uh, uh, you know, that sleaze bag. And, you know, that that's just how I think it happened. I think they had him killed. Well, you know, when you think about how widespread pedophilia really is, right. especially among the rich, especially among the rich and powerful, and how important a figure he, Jeffrey Epstein was in the world of pedophilia with his with his private island down there, uh, I find it hard to believe that his friends didn't somehow help him because they all yeah. had a lot of money. Yeah, look at Ghislaine Maxwell. No one knows where she's at. Yeah. See, and and I I agree with that theory. However, at the same time, it is my uh, uh, my theory that. Once he got locked up, a lot of people panicked, and it is my opinion that they set out to silence him, and by doing so, you know, thus hanging from a yeah. noose. By the way, yeah, Joseph in the chat room does mention, well, actually, wrong person. Actually, Robin in the chat says Gates, too, and yes, we have found out that Bill Gates also a big funder and big fan of um, Jeffrey Epstein. Unbelievable now, how that was never it, brought it, up it, earlier. Has Bill, Gates, has Bill Gates been connected with pedophilia? I don't think he's ever been connected with pedophilia, but he sure was good friends with uh, Jeffrey Epstein, that's for sure. I didn't even know that. I didn't, did not even know that. Yep. They're good. Uh, uh, to I, do know, I do know about his theories about population control, and I do know about that. It seems like that's also something he's very much into. Uh, again, that's where we have the sort of correlation with eugenics and the Germans and Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Gates, these uh, gentlemen very much into uh, these things. It's um good point. It's good a point. Exactly. Very yeah, odd to say the least. Yes, it is. It is Michael indeed. And uh, I think all those dots can be connected. I personally can't connect them, but I think if I, if I spent enough time on it, I might be able to, I don't know. You might be, there might be something there though. I mean, you can't, I mean, it, it's 2020. Begging, you can't rule it out. They're begging to be connected, but I can't do it. I don't know. Somebody's going to do it. I don't know. Who. Someone will, Lynn. And yes, uh, 2020. You know what it is, Very guys? strange year. You know what it is, guys? It's we are the little people. That's right. It's, uh, it's the big <laughs> people on the chessboard that move, that make the big moves for us. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And, and that, that's what I mean about all these, you know, quote unquote conspiracy theories and seeing these so-called documents. And getting just bits and pieces of um, facts, I, I guess we can say, through the Freedom of Information Act, we, we get these documents sort of proving more or less along the lines of what we are seeking for and validation of the truth. And again, it, it's very difficult to sort of come to a rational conclusion of what may or may not have happened. That's That's always the issue. But I must say this. I must say this. My overall, my overall opinion is, is a positive one. Why? I'll tell you what. Go ahead. I know we have a lot of, I know we have a lot of very good friends in the galaxy. Right. I know that. What we, what I call the Federation in my book. And the Federation exists. And it is, it is, a, it is Star Trek. And our, I think our destiny really is Star Trek. I think once we can clean up this mess down here, in order to do that, our consciousness has to expand. If we can expand our consciousness, we have tremendous power. The human race has tremendous potential. If we could expand our consciousness, we could clean up the whole thing in a matter of a few years, really, mm. because that's how, power, that's how powerful we are. If we could once get on top, get where we, will, where we should be, and if our friends would help us, but they can't help us. I, I, I got to say, Len, I, I admire your, your thought process on the possibility of humanity ever being 
good to one another. However, I must strongly disagree with you as I feel that humanity is is a war uh, mongering species that and I, I personally I don't think it'll ever change. Having said that, I have a question for you. Do you or do you not uh, believe in God? Well, I do believe in a form of God, yes. And in my book, I talk about the Elohim and the tri- I talk about a triune God. But the the, the, the general uh, the, the general conception of God as a big man sitting on a throne somewhere, you know, this is much much bigger than that, much bigger. When you have you think about this galaxy and these stars out here, you know, no one person created this. This was something much more much more much more vast than that. So I can't connect it. I can't connect it with one individual or one person or one entity, it just seems impossible. It's too big. It's too big. Were were you born and raised uh, in religion? Yes, I was. Uh, May I I I ask what your belief was? I was born in a Jewish family, but I never was actually a believer. uh, And I became a skeptic at a very early age, especially after taking a course in the philosophy of religion in college. Then I became a real, uh, then I became a real, uh, what you might call it, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly uh, a non-believer, mm. but I, my mind was open after that. Right. And, uh, and, and I, I think I've tried to keep it open all this time. Understood. Understood. Well, Lynn, we are wrapping up here in a few moments, but, you know, Lynn, I just want to say this has been a very fun. I, I hope you have enjoyed the conversation here tonight. Um it's been. I have. I really have. It's been very, very, very. It's been very challenging. Very I, interesting. It's been fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a, a great time here with you. Uh, to be completely honest, um, all these things that we've talked about have been on my mind, and uh, especially after reading this book, quite fascinating. And the name of the book, ladies and gentlemen, is called "Dark Fleet: The Secret Nazi Space Program and the Battle for the Solar System." That is, of course, Len Cast, an author of Alien World Order, another great book. And, of course, Len, go ahead and plug your website if you want. Okay, the website is Alien-Secret History. It's, uh, it's still under construction, but I have a lot enough out there to uh, give people a good idea of what it's all about. So uh, they can check it out. Very nice. Once again, I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program Mr. Kasten, it was fun, and I'm sure we will have to do this again in the near future. I and re- yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. Yes, it's been great. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, thanks for putting up with, for putting up with my questions. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sir. Well, actually, actually, you've kept you've kept it earthbound for us, which which is good. We needed somebody to do that, right? Because otherwise, we'd fly off into the void. Oh, I, that's I my job. Him, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you like this. Yeah, no I problem. really did. I really did. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. We will do this again, my friend. Take care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Good night. Take care, Len. Nice talking to you. Same here. Bye-bye. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was Mr. Len Kasten. Great guest, in my opinion. Yeah, nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah, I really liked him. Yep. And, of course, Mike, we are coming up on the final break here. Yes, sir. And that's the final break, and... It's just me and you after the break, Mike. Oh, no. I got to talk to you? That's right. <laughs> you know it. I couldn't be happier. That's right. So, once again, boys and girls, we will return in a few minutes. We are going to go on a little break here. And when we return, round three is next. And, of course, your calls are always welcome. 
that's if you want to play with me and Mike. Give us a call, folks. Yeah, give us a call when we return. And uh, Mike, I'll see you in a moment, my friend. Right on, brother. All right. Hang tight, Mike. And uh, there he goes, boys and girls. I have him muted as well as myself in a moment here. And when we return, round three is next. We have uh, still so much to uh, talk about with you. We have we have Joe Biden to talk about. And we have Paula White, another subject in mind here. My goodness, so much to get into uh, with all of you out there. And yes, Vlad, that may or may not happen during the break. And yes, this bottle is starting to run dry here. Time to refuel, boys and girls. That is a sign, a sign for me to go back to the fridge and go to the restroom. And that is perhaps something you need to do yourself. So take this time to go piss or go to the fridge or do both. Whatever works. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael and Mike of the Michael Deacon Program. It's goddamn amazing. And welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking around. And staying patient, those who did decide to stick around after that break there. Now, this is the part of the program where we sort of speak our minds even more. Round three is here, boys and girls, no doubt. And let me bring in my co-host, Mr. Mike Hideous. Mike, what's going on? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good, how are you? Fantastic. And here we are, round three, Mike. And I'd like to invite everyone out there to call in. That number is 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. Don't be scared. Call in, people. Yeah, call in if you'd like. This is this is always the fun part of the show, by the way, Mike. You think? <laughs> oh, of course. You know, it's been so, a pretty fun night so far. Absolutely. What did, what did you think of uh, of the theories? Well, Mike, I have a lot to say before I even talk about that but one thing i do want to say is thank you to Oli damagard by the way a very positive response in the patreon uh, series episode that i did uh, by the way mike nice very good congratulations yeah i did an, a good interview with a gentleman from uh, spain by the way sweet and lots of people enjoyed that one that was for a uh, patreon um i uploaded it for those out there because of the show from friday mike Oh, okay. Yeah, threw them a little bone. There you go. Good. I had to be nice somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, every once in a while, you throw out some really nice uh, characteristics of yourself. <laughs> well, sometimes I have to remind people. Uh, remind them what? <laughs> well, you know, that I care about them. Oh, okay. All right. I let them know I care, and here's a little gift. You don't have to pay for this episode at all. It's free. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, so... Well, for those who Glad want, yeah. For those who want to go ahead and uh, listen back on uh, YouTube, it's uploaded there for you, boys and girls. So enjoy it. And yes, V in the chat room, calm down, Gary. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, he's angry somewhere right now, right? Yeah, somewhere he's angry. He's, he's pissing pissed somebody off. Yeah, he's pissed off right now. Yeah, he's like, don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> oh my! You didn't read my book, you bastard. Yeah, you didn't read my book. <laughs> what a crybaby. Oh, my Lord. 
But Mike, it's been a pretty fun night so far. A pretty calm night out yes. here. Very, very quiet out here in my town in Is California. It? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super quiet. And I enjoyed this night here. I enjoyed the, the nightlife out here, the very quiet nightlife. And, you know, I feel resurrected yet again, Mike. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good for you, man. I, saw, I mean, like I, I said, saw it was God. a good interview. I Lent, saw, Lent, Mike, I saw God in the bathroom, so now I feel resurrected. Did you? And where, pray tell, did you see him? In my mind. In your mind. Okay. In my mind. You're starting to scare me. You know that, don't you? Oh, of course. <laughs> but yes, I, you know, I just wanted to say a few things to the listeners out there that I do thank them tremendously for their support and Absolutely. lots of nice comments from listeners out there. Very nice. I'm I'm glad you guys are enjoying the show very much. And uh, if I may, I'd like to say thanks to those people as well, even though, I mean, it's all based on, you know, it's Michael's show, but nonetheless, I'm a part of it and I, I love doing it. And, and I like those who are listening to both Michael and I and those who like me as well. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We, we, we both really appreciate it. Thank it's you. our show, Mike. Don't worry. Okay. Well, it's your show, buddy. It's got your name on it. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> You're not lying about that. That's true. You, for, you forget about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, I forget. But I, I, I did just want to say a few things before we have some fun. And I don't mean to bring us down at all, but the reality that we face ahead, I don't think many people realize what's ahead, Mike. A second wave of COVID-19 is coming. This is, you know, it's interesting you bring this up because I've been thinking about this all day. It's happening, Mike. I'm, I'm starting to worry here and I have lots to talk to you about in this regard, my friend. Life as we used to know it is not returning, I'm afraid, Mike. I sincerely hope you're wrong. Me, well, me too. Me too. I I, really do. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know we've spoken about this topic before and how we feel that uh, things may never be the same again, but right. I gotta tell you, you know, I'm a kind of person who hangs on to these, these ideal, ideal ideas of there being, um, some, what's the word? Oh, well, that's your, for? well, that's your blind faith. That, that's my blind you have faith. Blind faith you, which you is, call it. Yeah. That's the oxymoron here. <laughs> but you know, I'm trying to think what a, what a positive faith. attitude. I, I want to see things go back to, normal a normal me too me too i agree i feel like most will be angry when we get sent back to shelter in place and people are going to get very frustrated just like they are now but that's what's going to happen mike as as we slowly open things up yet again we're gonna get sent right back to shelter in place and and here's why i think some some i hope i'm wrong mike i hope i'm wrong go ahead me too and 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 i think what's going to happen is there may be a revolt uh, because I don't think everybody – like <clears throat> it, it, I think as time goes by, more and more information is going to come out about this virus sure. and how, in my personal opinion, I think we may have taken it too far. You think we took it too uh, far? I think we may have taken it too far. It seems illogical for such individuals to be allowed to work whereas others aren't. Um, and I find that greatly uh, disappointing and somewhat um, sneaky, if you will, uh, for lack of a better word. <laughs> sneaky. I, I just think that something, something's going on. Here. Right. And, um, you know, we've, we've had the last two guests have really brought uh, – not, not 
not Len, uh, Leo and, uh, uh, oh, I forget the guy who we did before that, but Paul Cottrell, um, you mean it might've been Paul. I can't remember, but we're, 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 we're getting interesting information that's coming through. I, I hope that, or do you mean Jeffrey Prather? No, we, we did Prather a while back, so it, it wasn't him. Okay. It doesn't matter. The, the point of the matter is, I think I'm hoping that that people will begin to see other sides to this instead of the the, the blind, one sided, dogmatic view of uh, politics. Well, that's uh, what that's what all of this has become. Yeah, it's been politicized, which is just ooh, it's it's asinine to say the very least. Well, uh, but that's you know, what on happened one, on one point, or I should say, on one angle, you've got the you know, the fact that this was created and released by the CCP. And on the other side, you've got people who are saying that, you know, we, we don't, you know, we'll take precautions, but don't take away our freedom where people like such as myself can't work. I, I, I'm sorry, but I just, I think it should be a uh, individual's preference to d- make that decision on whether or not they should be working and how cautious they should be uh, concerning the, you know, avoiding getting infected. Uh, we've never locked anybody down for for a, 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 an epidemic like this before. That's right. This is all very I mean, new. Yeah, and I think it's wrong, in, in, in to some extent, uh, as I said, I, I go shopping and these people are working yet. For the the business that I'm in, you know, uh, I I can't, I can't work, and and it's very frustrating. I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, it is very frustrating indeed, and you kind of depend on these events uh, to make your livelihood, Mike. But the problem with that is, uh, you know, I don't I don't see this coming back to any sort of normalcy, Mike, where events are going to be going on. Well, they're already talking about opening up uh, uh, sporting events. Sure, but. I mean, baseball, yeah, but you don't, the thing is the only way you get in is through all sorts of uh, testing. I mean, the events that you plan on doing, are are they going to, do they have enough uh, deep pockets per se to uh, do such testing beforehand? I understand what you're saying. You never know what you're you're getting at. Right. At the same time, uh, I've seen ingenuity, people's ingenuity and businesses, uh, going out of their way to protect themselves and their clients. So there, you know, maybe there's a way to get around things where a person like me, you know, who's a, a professional photographer yeah. can get a, you know, can get around as well. And oh, I think so. I, I, I do think they, there can be a way, but I'm thinking a lot of people are going to be afraid still. Be that as it may, Don't you think? again, it's going to take a while comes down to that individual sure. making their own decision on what they feel is right and what they think is safe. Um, I mean, let's face it. The majority of deaths that have occurred in this country have been in old folks' homes and, and a, 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 a large majority of elderly. So it a lot seems of uh, to obese me, people, by the way. A lot of diabetics. Lots of uh, people with diabetes are croaking from this. And, and again, uh, what I was just going to say is people who are uh, who could be subject to this, 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 uh, virus, even myself. I mean, technically speaking, I am a, a an immune, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, 
deficient. Not Im- deficient. Yeah, right. I'm immune uh, 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 deficient person due to the fact that I've had cancer as many times as I had and, and the chemotherapy and radiation and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I, I'm at risk as well. I get it. I understand it. At the same time, what am I supposed to do? Sit in, sit in my house for the rest of, uh, 2020 and 2021, not working and, and wondering whether or not I'm going to get a $1,200 check a month from the government. That's not going to sustain me or, or, or millions of others for that matter. No, well, that's, so, that's right. Yeah. That's why you have to, um, adapt. We all have to adapt now, unfortunately, because most places, most people are probably not going to take the risk right away. We might have to wait it out just a little bit longer, sadly, before people say, you know, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and risk it anyways. And, you know, I've heard that as well. Yes. I, it I might I come understand. down to that. Say again. I said it might just come down to that. Right. And, and like you just said, you know, there, there's a very strong, uh, even Paul, Paul, uh, Cottrell said it. Right. Very, very possible that there is going to be a second wave. In fact, he said there is going to be a second wave. Yeah. And the hospitals and I- here are already overwhelmed, by the way. You know, it was just the other day when I said the cases were low. Um, well, not the other day, a few days ago, but the hospitals here, by the way, Mike, are overwhelmed now and the cases are rising here. <clears throat> and is that because of people being careless? No clue. Do you know what the age group of these people who are being infected is? I don't. See, I'm hearing that it's primarily elderly people. Yeah. that That's what I've been hearing. Sure, but um, you don't have to be elderly to um, get the virus. Lots of the young no. sailors out there in the Navy, you know, lots of them got infected and they are perfectly healthy. Right. And that's my point. See, there, there's that other uh, uh, theory about being able to – like if you stay in – and and don't get out to to get vitamin D from the sun. <clears throat> you, you your immune system becomes uh, compromised, right. and you are very susceptible to the flu. Uh, so that's why on one of the shows I even told everybody being inside all this time take vitamin D. It's very important. Take vitamin D. It's 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 a good method to help yourself. Uh, Try to remain as healthy as you possibly can, as well as plenty of vitamin C, plenty of garlic, uh, and, and zinc. You know, just, just take some vitamins. Go. It's very funny some. that months ago I was really pushing for uh, those to take vitamin C, uh, That's way right. before those, um, in the mainstream were even suggesting such thing. I was already saying vitamin C. I'm telling you, you know, Absolutely. that's, that's, that's common sense. That's what basically made me feel much better. Sure. Vitamin C, um, lots of um, heavy dosages of vitamin C. That did the trick. But you have to be careful as well. Drinking too much of vitamin C could mess up your stomach. This is true. Um, if you're if you're drinking orange juice, uh, it could be very abrasive to your right. stomach. Um, but at the same time, uh, if you're taking vitamins like I do, I, right. I, 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 I drink orange juice once in the morning. And then later on, I'll take about uh, two. Four, six, seven, about 750 milligrams worth of vitamin C later on. <clears throat> but, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. So it's just a good idea to take supplements to help keep your immune system as, as strong as it possibly oh, absolutely. can absolutely. I'm seeing a message here from Brett Lewis in the chat. And he says, nano silver and nano zinc is good stuff. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Zinc fact, is um, really good for you. And I'm actually taking nano silver. Are you? Yep. 
What brand, may I ask? Do you I know don't, offhand? No, I don't have the, the thing on me, but it did come in. So I'm starting to take it. You know, I just felt perhaps it's time to really optimize your immune system. That's right. You know, some doctors would disagree that sure. taking it. Yeah, is useless. And they said they've seen, uh, in fact, my doctor, my primary care doctor even said to me, he's like, oh, that's crap. He says, uh, I've seen too many people turn blue. From yeah. taking, and that taking same doctor, much. Mike, I'm sure would say you shouldn't smoke cigarettes either. Oh, uh, I'm a little confused on that statement. Yeah. Well, cigarettes are bad for you. Sure. But we're seeing here <laughs> studies now uh, from France and uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's Hong right. Kong now and even Canada. I even mentioned it a long time ago. And was sort of, um, you know, I've asked a few people and they were a little shocked, but now there's plenty of studies that are pointing out that those who are smokers, those who smoke cigarettes, those who like nicotine and those who like marijuana seem to be uh, croaking far less than those who don't partake. Well, that means you and I are going to be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> you got lungs no, like Michael seriously. Phelps here. Seriously, I, I can't even begin to like have a discussion with you about that because that just makes no sense. It makes zero whatsoever. sense, but that's it what it really does. But that's when what you the inhale smoke of any right. sort, it's just bad for you. It's not good for you, but there's something to it, Mike. Apparently, apparently, lots of different people are seeing uh, these studies. You can look it up yourself online. Those out there listening to this right now, pull up a, a tab on your browser and look it up. The Canadians out there were naming all sorts of different marijuana strains, by the way, those that have um, high dosages of CBD, not not only just THC, but apparently the properties in, in, in marijuana are very anti-inflammatory. These, these properties that are in the cannabis plant seem to be quite uh, medically beneficial for your health. Of course, I already knew that uh, those who have Crohn's disease or whatever it's called, Crohn's disease, rather. Crohn's disease. Crohn's yeah. disease. Yeah. Those who have that issue, lots of people out there suggest taking CBD oil to help fix that. Right. A good way and, to treat that's, it. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I agree. That's perfectly fine. But again, I'm sure you will not find many doctors who will say, yeah, go ahead and start smoking. But well, interesting enough, this though, out, Michael, interesting You're enough, gonna... though, Mike, it, it is <clears throat> unusual that we see that, though. It is, I, and I it's agree with you 100%. Jesus. Now, here's something, here's something that you're going to find very odd that my Go doctor ahead. said, my primary care doctor. Uh, this was the last time I saw him, which was about four, three and a half weeks ago. Um, and we just happened to be shooting a shit, and I told him about how I was on a radio show with you. He also does a radio show, uh, obviously in, in reference to medical terms and, and, and stuff like that. And I asked oh, really? him, I said, just sorry. I said, Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's actually, he's on the radio. He's nice. actually on an FM station out here in Pennsylvania. So, uh, in, 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 you know, talking to him host to host, if you will. Right. I said to him, so let me ask you a question, doc. I said, what do you think about the medication um hydrochloric oh yes hydrochloroquine right hydrochloroquine and he said oh no don't take that stuff it'll kill you really meanwhile uh i've heard so many conflicting views on 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 the radio about people who are taking it who say it, it's it's great it's it, it'll it'll work uh that it's been around for 60 years for people that were being treated for malaria and that as long as it's um, 
it's, it's administered properly, you should be okay. As a matter of fact, my cousin, who I had mentioned uh, several weeks ago, who had uh, been infected with uh, CCP virus, right? they were giving him the drug, and he was practically at death's door because the virus had gone to his brain. Wow. And, and now yet, since he's taken that medication, he is home and recuperating. I think it only works on certain individuals out there. I think everyone is a little bit different. Is that the, is that the it, case? It might be. I think it's because there's different strains of it. So I think it, it is affecting some people differently. I suppose it's, that it's just my take. I, I could be wrong, but uh, I, I just have a strange sense that that's probably one of the reasons why. And by the way, Mike, you asked what brand I was using. Yes. I think it, it's called Divine Living. Mm. I think that's what it's called. I don't think that's the brand I'm taking because I have it too, and I uh, I can't remember what it's called. Either. It's like a it's, it's a thousand ppm. Yeah, something like that. And then you take it in a dropper and you put it under your tongue for like a minute or so. Yeah, I've been taking this for like maybe the past like week now, perhaps. Yeah. You know what? To be well, honest with you, I feel energetic. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't, well, I don't I know got, if that's the reason why, if it's, I don't think, I don't think mm -hmm. that's the case though, Michael. I don't think it has anything to do oh, with I don't giving know. you energy. I don't know why, I but I do it, feel that way. It could be, it could be psychological. Maybe. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with making you invigorated. Um, it's simply a precautionary me measure for you to, uh, uh, you understand how it works, right? You Correct. The, I'm just saying, silver. I, I'm just saying the past couple of days though, uh, you know, I've been feeling energetic when I wake up all of a sudden. Good. That's I don't know I wish why. I had that feeling. I wake up tired. <laughs> yeah, most of us do. But, you know, I, I can clearly state uh, to anyone out there listening that this seems to um, it, it seems to make me feel a little bit better. Maybe it's a placebo Good. effect. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. But, yeah. uh, you know, as I say, it's it's good uh, as a precautionary measure. Sure. Um, again, my doctor, he he also frowned at me when I told him I was taking that. He's like, oh, that, that's crap. Meanwhile, it was another doctor, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Marjana, who actually um, was the one who turned me on to it and said, here, start taking this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I started, I bought it and I started taking it. I think it just depends on the doctor. I think so too. You know, not everybody agrees with uh, exactly. each other in, in the medical field. So yes, I'm beginning to feel a bit concerned for those out there who already face psychological issues. The impact this this has on the human psyche is uh, definitely concerning to me. We've all read and heard the outcome of just a few months uh, in this situation, and we Americans have not handled this the right way. We were just not ready for this, Mike. No, and and, and personally, I think the entire world may have handled it uh, in a very odd way. But you know what? I can't blame that on any one person or well, government. Yeah. All I can say is F you, China. Go F, <laughs> go F yourself. Thank you very much. All things, uh, although things are bad, rather, there, there has been some positive about this wake-up call. You know, America okay. has had its moment of clarity now, and we realize what matters and what doesn't. That's right. And by the way, I just want to clarify when I say in China, I'm not talking about the people. Uh, I have nothing against the people of China. It is the government, the communist government that I have a real issue with. Isn't that funny, by the way, Mike? Uh, we're all using medical terms that we've never used before. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny as hell, man. I swear, these conversations I have with people. Uh, I, I talked to a few friends of mine and, and they're all using words that I've never used before. And so am I though, you know, but, but then again, I have heard some of these terms before. I've, I've heard of hydroxychloroquine many times, uh, many, uh, medicines as well. That, that's a whole nother story, by the way, Mike, but you know, well, you know, people Michael, are, it, but, but Mike, people are using, the, people are using the word droplets. So, you know, um, I laugh every time. <laughs> this is the last time you fucking use the word droplets. <laughs> Good God! Well, you know what it is. You know what it is, man. Every, every and I'm, I know you're going to agree with me on this, but <laughs> every single person you talk to, I talk to, what's the first comment that comes out of the mouth? Virus. Virus, right? Everybody, every single person is talking about this. Well, Everybody. we have to. We we have to. I mean, that's the big hot topic right now, Mike. This virus worldwide. that we're experiencing. Yeah, worldwide. We're kind of, you know, that's the issue right now. And, and I it, get it. It's at hard the not same to. Time, yeah, it's hard not to though talk about it. It's hard not to. It's right. It's hard not to. But at the same time, Jesus Christ, I'm sick and tired of talking about no, it. Oh, me know? too. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, when we talk about it on the show, we do it for a purpose. But you know, talking about it with with people. Well, just, that's that's what I'm talking about in reference to the psychological effect. Um, yeah, that's really concerning because I know people are sick and tired of all this. Yeah. How can you not be? Sure. You know. Like everybody wants to get back to normal. We all want to get back to our lives, man. We've got, we got families. To I just care don't for, know though. I just don't, pay. yeah, I just don't know how soon we're going to get back to that sort of reality. If we are at all, that's, right. that's the most concerning part for me, Mike. Oh, I understand. It might not, it might not come back. It, it, things might not come back to the way we used to. Um, those who, experienced a Christmas perhaps with uh, someone that they cared about, someone that they loved, a friend, a parent perhaps, I don't know, what, whatever have you, that might be the last Christmas you have, uh, boys and girls. Let that sink in. I hope not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Christmas man myself. I'm not either, but I mean, I'm, I was just thinking about it today. It, it, it has to do with family, uh, friends, get-togethers, uh, social events, and, and just – People being people. Sure. People being people. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, oh, so, Mike, it, you're doing okay out there, right? You're, you know, your um, back is against the, the wall there, I'm sure. It's just, so to speak, yeah. I, I'm just waiting for the governor to uh, lift the ban lift off the ban. of stay at home. Uh, last I heard, um, a friend of mine told me that uh, the county I live in, which is Wayne County in Pennsylvania, Wayne County is Wayne County, which is apparently beginning to open. And from what I understand, Governor Wolf of Pennsylvania uh, had set the stay-at-home ban um, or the stay-at-home order up until June fourth. Uh, now, whether that has changed or not, I don't know. But that was the last I heard about it. Oh, maybe two weeks ago, give or take. And the guy's name is Governor Wolf. Governor Wolf. I think wow. it's Tom Wolf. Tom I, Wolf. I, what a name. I know. I, I don't know if that's hell. right, though, but don't don't quote me on that. Don't quote me. Wow. So, uh, Wolf. Yeah. I like that, though. That's pretty cool. I think he's a Democrat. You think he's a Democrat? Okay. I, I think he is. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know much about him. I'm still, again, I'm still learning my state. You'd think I'd know who my governor was. I don't even know who my mayor is. Amazing. 
Amazing, boys and girls. But yes, Mike, uh, I'm sure you're having a better time uh, right now than Joe Biden is. Oh, golly. Um, he, Joe Biden. He's what really an embarrassment. He's really shot himself in the foot this time. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh, did you hear about all that? Did I? I think no, I sent you a text we're yesterday. Getting into about, it, we're getting into it right now. Our boy okay. Joe Biden uh, taking a lot of heat right now. And he did it once again, Mike. This guy, he just never learns. No. <laughs> he never learns. The guy just never learns. I don't know. Well, I feel sorry for him. I really Oof. do. I really, really do. Uh, this time, our boy, he was doing an interview with Charlemagne the God. And for those who don't know who that is, he is a popular radio personality and internet darling. He's a host on a very, very popular radio show called The Breakfast Club. That's yes. out of uh, New York. And apparently he was doing a, a one-on-one interview with none other than our boy, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And I believe with his uh, latest statements, he has shot himself in the foot, potentially, Mike. Mm-hmm. You think so? And and you know what? The funny thing is, nobody's going to say a damn thing about it. My God. By the Could way, you imagine if it was Trump? I would imagine. By the way, hold that comment. I was going to mention something here. And let, let's play the audio first, Mike. Right on. Let's do this. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. Come on. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, thanks. I will come back. And that's the wife, by the way, telling him to wrap it up. Oh, really? Yeah, she, she didn't want him to go on any longer. All right. I look please. forward to seeing you in person. Let's play that one more time. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, thanks. I will come back. All right. I look forward to seeing you in person. My God. Telling a black guy that he's not black. (laughs) Only Joe Biden, boys and girls. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, man. And yet nobody said anything about it. Can you you believe that, Mike? If if that was Donald Trump, can you believe it? So, Mike, I, I looked on Twitter, and it seems like a lot of people are just not very happy with our boy Joe Biden. Um, well, they're yeah. not happy with him over that one, and I'm sure it's something he was made aware of because he also issued an apology shortly after. An apology. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Wow, Mike. I, you know, I don't even know what to say. I want to hear it one more time. I was that <laughs> amused by it. Let's hear Joe you Biden. Come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. You ain't it black. It has nothing to do with Trump. <laughs> it has to do with the fact I want something for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting racks 25 years. I have a record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. 
The world. I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. All right. Thank you so much. I'm really oh boy. Anyway, thanks. I, Good lord. You know what? I guess I'm not black. <laughs> That's what he was thinking at the end of the interview there with uh, Joe Biden. He was just thinking, well, I guess I'm not black. What, what, do you know what this what show it was? Oh, Breakfast Club. Breakfast. Oh, it was Breakfast Club. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I think it was like a special segment of sorts. I'm not sure if it was. Well, obviously, I don't think they're in the studio. It was just some sort of one on one interview that he was uh, given permission to have. And the you wife, know, the wife, obviously tried to get him out of there quickly. <laughs> she was like, so. "Oh shit, he's screwing up again." He's doing um, it, folks. He's doing. She thought, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah, it's amazing the things that he he says, and yet the Democratic Party just they just stand back and oh that's okay it's just Joe Biden, but you know anybody else they would crucify him, especially a Republican. Now, regardless, uh, Republican. regardless of the outcome, it's going to be damn entertaining watching Joe Biden and Donald Trump go and have these exchanges with each other. Got to ask you, Mike. It's going to happen, really think, Mike. It's going to happen. You think so? Because that was my question. Do you really think it's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to come down to uh, Joe Biden and our boy, Donald Trump. Both of our boys here are going to battle it out. Let's just say, let's just say for argument's sake, Joe's mind like falls and hits a curb (laughs) and that's the end of him. Like, do you really think that he's going to make it to the... Are you saying that he... Are you saying he's going to go into some sort of vegetative uh, state? (laughs) I think he's already. You think he's already in a vegetative. Vegetative. State. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! So I'm I'm just wondering because we had talked about this with um a couple of guests who said that sure. you know it, it, they may end up taking him out of the race at the last minute and then somebody else would uh, end up taking his place. I just don't know how that would work. Yes, you were referring to uh, the uh, old trick there. What, a Democratic trick or, or a voting trick? Oh, it's an old carny trick. An old carny trick. Yeah. And can you explain it to me? I'm not sure I understand what it is. The old switch and bait? Or the old bait and switch, rather? Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's, gotcha. A, that's right. a carny move, yeah. Well, you know, another thing mm-hmm. that he said, another thing that he said was when they asked him about uh, uh, his running VP mate, vice president mate, that he had a list of black women. So right, right off right, the right. bat, you know, every Democrat talks about how racist the Republicans are, yet all they do is talk about race. Everything is race with them. So what? Now we've got to – he has to get a black woman VP just to make it look good? I mean, Yeah, lots of individuals on um, Twitter, lots of African-Americans out there, very angry – with uh, Joe Biden, they are calling him a racist now. Of course. So that's what people on Twitter are definitely um, are definitely bothered by the actions of Joe Biden. You can look on uh, Twitter yourself. There was even a hashtag on Twitter called Joe Biden is racist, by the way. Wow. You know what, Michael? I'm sure you would agree that every time these guys talk about how not racist they are. <laughs> right. They just put their foot right up their ass because they're always saying things that are race related, race this, race that, race that. I mean, if you're not a racist, why does race take a role in every topic that you have to talk about? All the time. But yes, my fellow black brothers and sisters on Twitter were complaining about Joe Biden <laughs> being a, a damn racist, uh, basically. And 
You know, he, he definitely seems like he was pandering to the African-American community and they thought so too. So they're not having it. They're not accepting uh, Joe Biden or his apologies. The black community on Twitter, very, very upset with one Joe Biden. Listen, man, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump has done more for the black community than I think any of the previous presidents combined, including that POS Hussein Obama. Amazing. Who did nothing for the minority group. Nothing. Nothing. Going back again, uh, by the way, Trump and uh, Joe Biden here, if they do exchange words, it's going to be pretty entertaining. And I don't expect it to be very, uh, very civil at all. I get the sense that things are going to turn out like a comedy roast. <laughs> I think entertaining is a very – that word isn't even close to – it's going to be a <laughs> slaughter, Michael. It's going to be a slaughter. I'm pretty sure you you realize that, right? It's going to be like a comedy roast, except both men are not going to be joking. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> comedy roast. And I'll tell you, Biden is going to get roasted like a chicken on a spit. That's the way I'm seeing it, Mike. It's just going to turn out that way for the viewers. No doubt. I'm not sure if I should be entertained by that, but... <laughs> ah, but, you know, to be honest with you, Mike, I see this also as political masquerade, political theater to a certain extent. That's right. I'm yeah, still shocked. Good I'm, way to put I mean, it. I'm yeah. still shocked that sleepy, creepy Joe Biden still going through with this. And and I was about to say the same thing. The fact that he's even taking it as far as he is and, and, and that the Democratic Party has voted him in as such to, to represent him is just it's incredible. Astounding. Well, this is the best they got, apparently. Joe Biden. Can, can you believe it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean can no you one yes. Believe it? No one yes, because people lack common sense. You got that right. So, man. I mean, I've always known that. It, it just, it's always on display here in America. Joe Biden still going through with this. Again, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I belong to no political party. And that means I come with no bad habits. I, I call it like I see it. I'm a straight shooter, a legit shooter, but I digress. Um, people on Twitter definitely not happy with Joe Biden. Now, Mike, I, I hate to say it, but let's be fair. Again, if it had been Donald Trump, the man would have been crucified. Absolutely. It would have been no all over the media. <laughs> anybody, anybody who is not a part of the Democratic Party, when they do something that obviously is is uh, controversial uh, in a statement, they they'll jump on you until your rib cage breaks. But if it's one of them, you don't even hear about it. In fact, the news will rarely even cover it. I'm curious to know if CNN even made mention oh, of the comment. You know? I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't watched CNN in, in ages. I mean, I read, Me I read articles that come from CNN every now and then that pop up on my phone. But as far as actually watching it, um, I don't, I'm not actually spending any time uh, with that or any other. Uh, media outlet on, on television that is online that's a different story i'll read whatever pops up here or whatever is sent to me but a whole different story and uh holy hell joe biden is out of his mind uh, i mean trump is a bit batshit crazy too but joe has surpassed him in, in so many ways and let's not even mention hunter biden i don't want to dis disrespect him uh, i mean it's, it's just out there for for the guy i don't i don't mean to trash the son but you know well, why not? The guy, the guy. I mean, he's not here to defend himself. Father. I don't want to trash him. Poor, poor Hunter right, Biden. That, he, he doesn't know. That That's fine. That's <laughs> he doesn't know. Of you. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm just saying he, he's, you know, he, he's out of his mind too. The, the guy, 
His dad's Joe Biden. Let's just put it that way. Well, that, that's my, that's what I was just about to say. The guy used his father yeah. to manipulate a, an, an oil company, a petrol company to make millions of dollars. And yet, and there is Joe Biden on tape bragging about it. And yet nobody is, 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 um, contesting it. Only in America, baby. Only in America. Only in America. That's right. Only in America. And of course, it says, uh, Trump, uh, Trump. I was going to say Trump. Trump. <laughs> President Trump. Trump. Uh, the, the <laughs> Trump campaign senior advisor, Katrina Pearson, said in a statement that Biden's remarks made clear that, quote, Joe Biden believes black men and women are incapable of being independent or free thinking. End quote. Remember the comment he made about uh, how uh, black children are, can be just as smart as white children? I recall that. I remember hearing that thing. Wow. Look at Joe Biden out there. <laughs> He's living wild. <laughs> look at him out there. Look at him. Hey. Yeah, look at him out there. Biden on a, uh, on a sort of a warpath there. And of course, Biden's campaign senior advisor wrote on Twitter following the backlash from the comments that Biden uh, made. Um, stating that the comments were just made in jest. Oh, it's just in jest, Mike. Don't worry. He's, he's not a oh. racist. He's not telling a black guy that he's not black. Oh, so she okay. also followed up with, let's be clear about the VP was saying he was making the distinction that he would put his uh, record with the African American community up against Trump's any day. Okie doke. Oh, well, okay. Well, that's what she said. And if that were the case, he should have just, you know, if that were the case, he should have just said that instead of what he said, in my opinion. Agreed. Joe Biden is a, just a dumbass. He's just a, he's a dumbass. He's a dumbass for this one. He should have never said that. And he, he screwed himself with any, any, um, any of the African community out there voting for him. He just screwed that up. Well, yeah. Yeah. And he's been doing it over and over again, wow. as you know. So it's not a smart move. I mean, you got to play this the right way, Mike. Look, man, just the fact that the, the Democratic Party has narrowed it down to this guy. I mean, that, that just says volumes right there. This is all they got. Isn't it incredible? It is. It, it's incredible. I, 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 you know, as I've told you, I was a Democrat for 20. Oh, my God. For 26 years. That's incredible I, to me, in my opinion. I could never, ever think of being part of the Democrat Party today because I Oof. just see so much hypocrisy in everything they say and do. You know, Mike, I have to say in the year 2020, it is incredible that race, religion, politics, it always comes down to it in some way. Yep. You know, you think we would have evolved further away from such subjects, but we are such a curious bunch, a group of individuals seeking the, the truth, seeking for... um. What we have always known, but the truth has always been what's inside, Mike. That's my hippie moment for for this evening. <laughs> That's my Sedona, Arizona moment for for this evening. Excellent, bro. Excellent. You got it, bro. You got it, man. Excellent, man. Wow, totally. Yeah. Let's smoke some weed, man. You got it, brother. But you know, for sure, <laughs> it's it's very very unusual the fact that you know race, religion, and politics. That's what it's that's what it's always all about. Indeed, I agree. Always there. Always there. And it's, and, 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 you know, like I said before, always trying to say that it's got nothing to do with race, but they always include it in their, in their conversations and their statements. You know, it's always about race with them. Yep. Identity politics, Mike. Yep.
Oh boy, it's it's uh, it's it's incredible, really, what we go through and all of this—the political masquerade, as I like to call it—and of course, Mike. Um, there's another uh, Fox News poll that finds former President Joe Biden leading President Trump by eight points nationally. You think? Again, I don't have to remind you how useless polls are, but that's that's what's yeah. being reported, boys and girls. I think they ask the people that they want to ask. I, I don't think that they ask everybody, so therefore I think a lot of the polls are biased. I don't even believe the polls. You can't. How can I, you? I just don't. Who, who did the poll? CNN? I think it, well, I think it was Fox News. Oh, really? I think they, they were the ones who conducted this. Then I, I, but I'm don't, shocked. <laughs> don't quote me on that though, Mike. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure if that's 100% the truth, but that's what I saw in, on in this article before. I'm with you in the, uh, uh, in the, what am I trying to say? In, in, in the accuracy of, of such polls, I think some of them are just plain stupid because like i i seriously believe that they ask the people that they want to ask and not a a wide a wide poll that would include all types of people that's what they do I, on television by the way when they interview uh certain individuals they're always that's right yeah they're always hand-picked that's right you can have a too smart uh individual there that might might that might uh, that might uh deteriorate their, 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 their views right so moving on, it seems like many places are starting to reopen, as we discussed earlier. Yes. And this time, Donald Trump declared and demanded governors to reopen churches, by the way. Now, not for nothing. You know what? Churches, in my personal opinion, are not nearly as important as opening up businesses, in my personal uh, comment. Uh, and in my opinion, I, I, you know, nothing against churches and people who believe in God. But sure. Come on, man. Let, let's get the people back to work. The hell with the churches, no pun intended. But, you know, <laughs> come on. The hell you know, with them. Give me a break. My you know, with the God. warm weather coming out, they could get, they could stand outside on, on the steps and, and conduct a, a mass if they wanted to. But, I mean, in the meantime, let's get the people back to work. I'm not exactly sure how I feel. Entirely about just letting them go back into church, but if that's what they want to do, and and if they can do that safely and in a very civil manner, not infect anyone else, I say sure, let them go to church, let them Whatever. do that. If they Whatever. want to, well, let them go to church if they want. You know, yeah, Trump, that's Trump my on, point. Let them go. Let them go. If that's if that's what they really want to do, yeah, just let them go then. Again, I I get it, and and I don't. You know what? It's not even a major concern of mine. Not a concern but of mine either. My real concern. My real concern is let's get the jobs going again, man. Let's get that. some work going. Let's get this country back in order. You know, they, again, I don't give a damn about the sports complexes and 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 the churches. I don't give a damn about them. Get the people back to work. Trump That's went on to uh, Trump went on to say, "In America, we need more prayer, not less." Whatever, that's fine. If they, I don't if even, they want to uh, pray, go right ahead. To be honest with you, I don't even think Trump is religious. To be honest with you, um, you know, he he has he has said a lot of uh, religious related things, like you know how prayer is important. I don't know if they've got any footage of him going to church, like they used to have of like uh, uh, President Bush Senior, or uh, even I don't know, maybe Clinton. Um, but you know, they, everyone like, you know, used to, used to see footage of like some of the presidents going into church, sure. whatever, yeah. whatever. But, um, 
I don't know. I, I've not seen any footage of him churching out. <laughs> churching out. <laughs> That's a good one. But yes, uh, this will indeed please someone like Apollo White. For those who right. forgot, that is Donald Trump's uh, spiritual advisor. You know, last time I heard she was acting no different than Kenneth Copeland talking she's, about, she's, yeah, talking about the supernatural protection from the coronavirus. Oh, whatever. She was also whatever. praying that God would terminate all satanic pregnancies too. Oh, great. That's just what we need. We got some audio here of, uh, Paula White. Let's, um, let's throw the audio mic. Hurt my ears. Go here ahead. we go. No more delays to restoration of this great nation, the United States of America. For Psalm 71, 2 says, And your righteousness deliver us and rescue us. Incline your ear and save us. Psalm 107 says, You deliver us out of distress and out of destruction. Your word will not return void, according to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. So I declare your word. I declare divine intervention and supernatural turnaround. You will restore this land. According to Psalm 118.25, save our nation, O Lord, and send prosperity now. Amazing. For Deuteronomy 28.8 says, command your blessing upon this land. You said in Deuteronomy 8.9 to bring us into a good land without any lack. For your word declares in Psalm 33.2, blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. So I declare you right now to be Lord over this nation, over the United States of America, and we receive your blessing over any plague, over any economic distress. You will stay the hand of the enemy according to Second Samuel chapter 21, verse 16. Amazing. That was Paula White. Isn't, isn't she the one who's, who you sent me footage of dancing like a bee? That's the one. Yeah. You know what? That's bro? the one. I mean, I got one more audio clip here. Let's, let's throw that one. Wherever I go, God rules. Whoa. When I walk on White House grounds, God walks on White House grounds. That's right, Mike. I have every right and authority to declare the White House as holy ground because I was standing there and where I stand is holy. Holy ground. Holy hell, the music. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's her. No to President Trump would be saying no to God. And there, and I won't do that. We are in a spiritual war right now. Let every demonic network that has aligned itself against the purpose, against the calling of President Trump, let it be broken. Let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. You want me to tell you what my thoughts are? The thoughts of the King of Kings, the thoughts of the Lord of Lords. I'm downloading heaven. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. What happened there? <laughs> I gotta hit play. Oh my Lord. Oh my God, she's You're speaking kidding. tongues. That's her. This is Trump's girl. Oh my Lord. Oh shit. Uh oh, she's gonna rap now. Now she's doing like black Jesus. She's gonna rap. <laughs> I am Paula, who is pretty. Well, maybe I'm not gonna be pretty when I'm 90 years old. Here's this former messed up Mississippi girl. Lived in a trailer that they called trailer trash. Daddy committed suicide, got pregnant out of wedlock, been married, been divorced, not just once, you know, twice. People go, well, how'd you become? Oh, twice, Mike. I didn't know that. Twice. Oh, what a holy woman she wow, is. Wow, amazing. The spiritual advisor of the president, we'll get to that later. It's all in there. Michael Jackson, Kid Rock, the president, it's all in there, all right? Thank you, Paula. What a great job you do. The evangelicals. 
I hear we're more popular than ever with the evangelicals. You're the only one, and she'll tell the truth. She'll only tell the truth. Southern California is looking at, well, there's already law that's passed through the governor that says the Bible is a book of hate speech and to ban the sale of it. Snapchat was created as the largest human trafficking because the greatest people on there were human traffickers because the FBI and because intelligence could not do it because it's live and it's real time and they can track your kid in less than a second and take them. If there's a Department of Treasury in heaven, God is watching over everything you do and you are storing up eternal treasure that will go so far beyond, I think, that we can even begin to imagine. You need to send in $3,500. Amazing, Mike. Man, let me tell you, I, I, would even know where more, to begin. I would have more respect if he had like a Catholic priest representing his uh, <laughs> a Catholic I mean, priest. Honestly, like evangelical people are just, they're lunatics. They really are. Um, and I, I think I'd have more respect if, uh, you know, for the whole campaign and the president, if they had somebody who was a priest or, or a rabbi for that matter, uh, instead of somebody running around saying, uh, you know, talking about the things that she talks about and then, and then claiming, oh, well, you know, I've been married many times. And what did she say? She was a recovering drug addict or something. I, Oh my goodness! She was she was married a few times. Married a few twice. Yeah. And she had and a child out of wedlock. Can you believe that? Had a child out of yeah. So there you go. That Amazing. just goes to show you what kind of a person is an evangelical person. It's always the ones who have sinned the worst who come into God's light, so to speak, and say, "Oh, I'm saved." Oh, know, she's saved, Mike. Mike. I mean, it's all good now. Yeah, yeah. That that's how people that's how people justify themselves. They, they find themselves to be so righteous that whatever they did in the past, whether it was murder, drugs, abortion, whatever, they just, oh, well, you know, God, I, 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 I saw God and I, 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 I asked for forgiveness repent, and Mike, repent. now I praise the, the word of God. Give me a break. Yes. That's the way it goes, Mike. Sorry, people out there who believe in God, but. Uh, Not a Paula White fan. No, <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> oh boy, she just acts like a lunatic. I'm sure you'd agree. Well, I mean, I saw that that footage of her acting like a queen bee. Queen bee, yeah. She was uh, jiving around there. What a what a crack. She was like having a seizure on stage. <laughs> I'm running around and I'm I'm I'm, I'm dancing like a bee. And <laughs> she was a uh, nutty that one that Paula White out there. My God, whatever these people are crackpots. Not as crazy as Bill Gates though. You think he's a creep? Look at this. I don't, I actually, I would. I would what else that are too. we not to that we need to take action on now? Well, the the idea of a a bioterrorist attack is kind of the nightmare scenario because their a pathogen with a high death rate would be ticked. Now, the good news is, okay. I'm not trying to depress you. It's tough enough too late. right now. Too that late. Most of the work we're going to do to be ready for pandemic two. I, I call this pandemic one. Most of the work we'll do to be ready for that are also the things we need to do uh, to minimize the threat of, of bioterrorism. My goodness. That's mm. our friend, uh, creepy Bill Gates. And I think we have a call here, Mike, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we should um, maybe get to this call here. And um, caller, you are live on the air. What's going on? Not much, guys. Uh, Lawrence, Sean Kennedy. Nice. How's everybody in tonight? What's up, brother? Oh, boy, boy. What's on your mind? I heard that clip before. This is a little compilation, huh? What was that, sir? 
the Barbara, what's her name? Are you referring to Paula White? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, that was her. So my analysis would be you were a controlled opposition, definitely a front person or a competing cult. And obviously using the New Testament, et cetera, to justify whatever narratives she's pushing. Right. And most likely she's been traumatized, et cetera, and thus controlled as the front. What do you guys think? It's possible. Do you think she probably had a traumatic upbringing at some point? No doubt. I think she probably, yeah. Right. Most yeah. most of them do. Most of them do. A lot of people who become extremely religious, uh, you know, they, they go through this tr- trauma, trauma in life, whatever it may be, alcoholism, right. drugs, uh, being, uh, you know, bullies, they beat people up, whatever. And then all of a sudden they, they get this, this epiphany. They think they may have seen God come to them in, 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 in spirit form or whatever. And mm. all of a sudden everything they did is resolved and they are atoned and they are all about being good. And in my personal opinion, I think they're all hypocrites. What do you think about that caller? <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, and most likely they've been um, split into two or three altars, which one of them comes out as thinking that they are, you know, holier than, than thou. And another altar is probably thinking like, like a victim. And the, the one that's underneath is the one that will be used as the aggressor. While the front one thinks that they're doing good. Okay. So um, Interesting. You're right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's um, my sort of uh, hypothesis. Right. Um, and caller, I got to ask, are you religious yourself? Um, spiritual science, for lack of better words. I see. Okay. I try to avoid labels. Okay. Um, just basically truth and love and take yeah. it down from there. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, what, if you're a religious person and all you really want is people to be good to one another, I can respect that. Sure. I want the same thing. I may not share the values of Christianity or any of the other mainstream religions, but ultimately I want the same thing a lot of people do. And that is for humanity not to kill each other, not to destroy the planet, not to be just bad people, you know, but I'm sorry. I can't see that. Maybe I'm just a negative person, but all I see is a planet of humanity that is just, they're violent, hateful, jealous, greedy people, and I don't see anything getting better about our species as long as I'm on this planet. That's just my I mean, the hypocrisy is through, through the roof. In, unbelievably, yes. Right. Right? Oh, yeah, it's no doubt. Peaking. I, 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 wow. And, Caller, by the um, way, um, I'm, sorry yeah, to I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Caller, but what, what's your opinion on COVID-19? We are, we're coming up on a wrap here, but don't worry. We have time to talk to you. Okay, so from what I've heard is that um, it's a training exercise and it is uh, from an operational level first globally, the meaning that it's a psychological warfare operation global and um, <clears throat> basically I'm, I'm presuming that it's dealing with the original credit bubble, which I believe was inflated to 1933 and has been deflating ever since and been manifesting in these quote unquote bubbles like the eighties, uh the nineties sort of the dot com bubble, uh the housing bubble, and they're basically destroying the entire system to bring something new in, which 
we should take the chance and create our own system. They've destroyed it. Quit complaining about something that doesn't long exist. Create your own. Right. When you, you are here they, now. Wh- do it now. Otherwise, you'll create something else, and then everybody will be crying about something else forever. When you say they, wh- who do you mean they? The people that take charge, right? People who understand um, how uh, commerce works, etc. So people politics, who are running the civilization. Pardon me? Are you saying politicians? Is that what you're referring to? No, no, no. Those are, those are fronts. Those are, those are actors. Those are oh. um, like uh, easy, like you know, like a... Uh, I get it. Yeah, uh, I get it. This is what yeah, I'm yeah. referring to as um, a political masquerade. Yes. Right. Actors. Right. Correct. Like he said. Yep. Okay. I get it. Uh, but like, like the pieces that they put on the uh, the bedding table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Well, and where do you see this going, my friend? I got to ask. Are you going to be taking a Bill Gates vaccine? <laughs> I'm not even going to be in the position where I would have to choose to take it or not to take it. Good for you. Right. That's why to win the game is to never play it. Good answer. Yeah, well, yep. well said. Well said. I'd sooner take a, a vaccine for rabies <laughs> than right. Bill Gates' vaccine. <laughs> the look of a veterinarian or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Have you been listening in, by the way, since the start? I, I'll just say that not. You kind of slate. Okay. I noticed the pattern with um, the video you've been playing, so I wanted to comment it because I was seeing the – it was a really good selection. Uh-huh. It gives a more broader spectrum of – the public figure. Right. Well, that's okay. Uh, hopefully you like the show and if you can, maybe you'll subscribe to it and, uh, sure. uh, you know, listen to more of our shows. I think you'd, you'd you know, if you Absolutely. like this, you, you should like some of our other shows. Yeah. Um, drop the link in the discord guys and I'll spread it around. You got it, brother. Well, I do want to thank you for calling in and we will definitely talk again with you. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you so much. And you get great. Yes. Uh, have a great weekend. You too, brother. Thank you Take for care, calling. man. Mm, not a problem. Take care, man. And uh, there he goes. Great caller there. I'm glad he got the call. Yeah. Very nice. So Subscribe. Yes. Subscribe. That's right. Subscribe if you haven't already. I would advise you to do so. This has uh, been a pretty good uh, series of shows we've done. Absolutely. And if I may just say, Michael, for those of you out there, if you subscribe to the Michael Deacon program, this way you will be informed when the shows are happening because as you may or may not have noticed, a lot of the shows have been um, scattered about and we've done shows sometimes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and then you know the next week we might just do Tuesday and Saturday. So if you subscribe, you'll get inf- info as to when the show is going to air and this way you can hear us uh, each and every time. That's right. So Mike, definitely – Plug anything you'd like. Always a honor and pleasure to have you here. It's well, calm down, Michael. Night. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. First of all, thank you, Michael, uh, for uh, yet another wonderful show. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, thanks to uh, Len Caston. Um, great interview. Uh, if you're interested in any of my artwork and photography. Uh, you can check it out at horribleartwork.com. If you'd like to hear um, or check out any of my musical efforts, uh, you can go to Mike Hideous, and that's M Y K E, Mike 
hideous.com. Uh, if you'd like to reach me on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash hideous Mike, M Y K E. Had a great time. Thank you, Michael. It was awesome. You got it, brother. Talk to you soon. Okay. You have a great night, and I'll talk to everybody later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great night. Mahalo. And there he goes, boys and girls. And, of course, as we take it home here, and I pulled this Larry Silverstein style, I do want to thank all of you that hung out with us here in the chat room. And, yes, V, calm down, Mike, indeed. Calm down, everyone. Calm down to the chat room. And, of course, thank you very much to uh, Christina and... I believe it was, who else? Yeah, I believe it was David, right? Was it David who donated or was it Brett? I think it might have been Brett and Christina, but I do thank all of you out there for donating. And of course, if you want bonus material, please direct yourself to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And that's where you'll find interviews with me one-on-one with a guest. And yes, you can learn about the history of the program if you go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. You can hear about some of the early trials and tribulations of this program. And that's always fun, too. Yes, exclusive content only for you. And keep in mind, the Oli Damagard interview I did upload for all of you for free, even though that was behind the paywall. The reason for that was the fact that last Friday's show disappeared into the ether thanks to YouTube and thanks to uh, Gary out there who couldn't calm down and had to report the stream. Yeah, so thank him. This is uh, just for the hardcore listeners out there, those who sign up for Patreon, I do promise it's quite good. Patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Don't forget, anything does help to keep things rolling. Even when you donate on PayPal.com over at MichaelDeacon.com, if you go there and use PayPal, you will get the show from me, all shows included. I'll personally send you that because some people don't want to sign up. Or Patreon, I, I, I can see that. I understand that some just want an episode or two. Don't worry. I'll give it to you all just for uh, any price, any donation you make at PayPal. Go to michaeldeacon.com for that link. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. And of course, take us on the road with you. Download the podcast rendition of this program on iTunes, Stitcher, Castbox, and Spotify. Once again, Thank you to everyone in the chat and to those who listen only on the replay of the podcast rendition. Thanks to all of you out there, too, for supporting the program. What does the future have in store for us? You know, I can't answer that. Whatever it is that you do choose to believe, you must remember to adapt and evolve. That's what life is all about, my friends. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.